guys. It's a podcast about rugby, but today it's mostly about draft rugby. Uh, that's right, with Super Rugby coming next season. Draft is all the rage happening around the Elite Rugby Bantam universe. Uh, joining me today is, is Alex. How are you, Alex? Hey, Adam. Um, okay, thanks. Uh, how are you? Uh, I'm good. I, uh, I was out late last night, which I don't normally do. I was at uh, Bonobo. He's playing here in Joburg. I got home at 1. But thankfully, okay. I'm, not, I'm not hungover. And you, did you have, did you have you at least had a good breakfast? You sound tired. Um, thank you. That's very kind of you to say. Uh, I had an okay breakfast. Actually, no, it wasn't a great breakfast. It was wholesome. I had I had leftover brine meat from last night. Oh, nice. Uh, that was winning. So I'm definitely full, but I wouldn't say it was it was the most nutritious breakfast I've ever had. No, uh, mine wasn't nutritious either. I, I would be introducing uh, Ben or Matt, but uh, neither of them are here. So it's just going to be Alex and I initially. We're going to be joined by Kagi. Uh, I think I think Kagi or Harry. I think it's Kagi. Yes, from <laughs> Fantasy Draft Rugby. They're going to be chatting to us about their platform. Just some latest updates that have just gone out recently uh, online. If you if you're listening to this, we did this on Sunday. So maybe just check their Twitter profile to check that out. But uh, I guess in today's episode, and I think this is the first one I've done with one other thing since the dark days of Matt. Alex, so this yeah. is quite a privilege for you. Thank you. I feel yeah, I've, I've joined an even more elite club than Elite Rugby Banter was to begin with. The elite, not, the elite, yeah. elite, the elite of the elite, the cream of the crop, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, 100%. Um, and, and as we know, the cream always rises to the top. Yes. So here we are. Indeed. Um, so yeah, let's, I guess let's get cracking. Uh, today, let's to chat about news. Uh, we did our draft yesterday, uh, so we'll mm. just have a quick chat about that. And then we're going to get to the... Fantasy, fantasy Draft Rugby guys on. Chat about their platform. Draft gonna, Rugby, yeah? Draft, draft Rugby, sorry. Draft excuse rugby. me. Sorry, they changed their name. Not Fantasy XP Draft. Draft Rugby, pardon me. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're going to be talking about the Ultimate Fantasy 15 of all time. Hopefully we'll get their thoughts on that. Mm. There's the Blam game. Uh, instead of a stop drop and poll, we do have a... What do you call it, XV? A novelty. Novelty, novelty XV. A novelty XV. Yeah, uh, something different. Yeah, we'll reveal that later. And then we'll hopefully wrap it up. So, uh, let's get started just quickly with the news. We've got quite a bit to go through. I don't wonder how quickly this will go. <laughs> We're still going to end up in like two hours. Yeah, <laughs> it's just yeah, it's I, unavoidable. I, I, I really hope not. Uh, first, <laughs> starting off, a story that came out on Friday, uh, Western Province. The shit show rolls on. Uh, shit only rolls downhill, and the shit just keeps gathering more shit, and is just getting bigger into a giant piece of shit. Uh, yeah. Western Province playing staff, 2018, stripped to the shell. This is by Rob Howing. He says uh, it could be the most debilitating single-season exit players from a frontline South African franchise in Super Rugby. Uh, apparently, the Stormers, also West Bromwich, will find themselves effectively starting from scratch in 2020 if, as it seems increasingly the risk, the overwhelming, overwhelming core of their frontline squad this season flee crisis grip Newlands later in the year. It is already well known that some of their, uh, their best Springboks, including the likes of Sia Khaleesi, uh, Evan Etzebeth, Francis Mahabur, Stephen Kitsoff, and uh, Peter Stivitore, come of contract. With cash trapped Western Province rugby after the 2019 campaign, all would be in strong demand in Europe. Uh, where, I mean, Kitsoff is already signed uh, overseas. Uh, it's a bet he's probably going to go to Toulon. Uh, then you get a guy like uh, Scurry and Tabeni. He's only 27, he's had injuries problems. But as Sport 24, that's where we're getting this from, has learned. Wait, I've lost this. Where is it? <laughs> okay. Uh, reliable sources within Western Province rugby, and it should be said, generally speaking, these guys do know what they're talking about. Uh, that a once away restlessness. Is far more deeply rooted than that. Well, over 40 players at Newlands are going to come off contract at the end of the 2019 season, with only around a quarter of that tally strongly expected at this stage. 
to stay on. It is understood that many of the stayers are not players currently guaranteed first-team berths uh, in mm. the Super Rugby side. Uh, look, this is also happening in the context of uh, the, the boredom fight uh, with Paul Chu, the former Springboks uh, Sevens coach, in the middle between Zolt Maria, the new Western Province president, uh, along with uh, then the guys the Western Province board. It's amateur versus professionalism in Western Province. Uh, Alex, I know you've got some strong opinions about this. Uh, it seems like this is actually approaching an end game. It's all going to end in tears, but you you believe that might not be the worst thing? Yeah, I mean, I look obviously, it's the situation is dire. So like, I'm not going to pretend like it's a great situation, but I think the way that it's going is it's like a, it's it's hitting a critical point where the union has to really sort of take a deep hard look at itself and kind of start from a fresh slate. And I think that under the circumstances, like it's it's better in a way to do this than it is to continue under the facade that everything's kind of okay and then to do nothing about it. So you you know, you know don't change the coaching staff, you don't change the management team, and you kind of stick with a, a somewhat stagnant player base. Um, I don't know. Like I just think that things have been so bad at Western Province Rugby Union for so long. Um, I guess it's not even that long. It's only been like five years maybe, but it feels like a long, long time. And I think that we need to take a page out of the Lions playbook and you know take a step back from our our position of traditional sort of strength i guess and you know stop laboring under this assumption that we are a good strong successful rugby union because we that isn't what we are anymore mm. and just like the lions deteriorated to the point where they had to be relegated from super rugby fight their way back in and then suddenly bam came back stronger than ever you know, a whole lot of players that no one at other unions really wanted necessarily, but who could still do a job. And new coaches, new administrative staff, et cetera, et cetera, new sponsors. And that's what that's like the, the liftoff they needed to become really competitive again in the Super Rugby scene. So I think that that's kind of the position where the, the Stormers are at the, at the moment. And look, it's, it's a risky play because you might never come back from this. You might end up yes. just wallowing in Vodacom Cup for the rest of your career. Um, and people will talk about, you know, the Western province of the 1800s kind of thing. <laughs> but uh, I, I think it'll be okay. I think that there's there's enough of a platform in, in the Western Cape in terms of rugby that province will find its way back from this. Mm. That's my hope, at least. Yeah. Well, I have to see, um, you know, one group that Ant's part of, Apart from Brazil beating Canada, that, that is indeed hectic, he just posted, he pulled something from a report, uh, might have been posted earlier this morning. Apparently the power struggle there at Western Province has escalated, uh, according to a report, and again, these guys also journey rock solid. Western Province Rugby Football Union President Zolt Maria, those are the amateur guys, plans to replace Small Paul True, or his plans to do so, and to dissolve the Western Province board to gain control of the appointment and contracting of players and coaches, took a blow uh, at a meeting on Friday, a management meeting, it was decided that those key responsibilities would remain with Paul Zacks, who is the CEO of Western Province's business arm. So, uh, this will be a developing story. That appears to be a good move. Um, but yeah, uh, Western Province Rugby Football Union is pretty much supported by the 100 amateur clubs, and most of them are amateur, um, and uh, that's part of the problem. You can't have amateurs running a business, and this is generally how South African rugby gets, it gets into the shit style. Is a rugby, apparently, rumor has it, have acknowledged the need to cut South Africa's player base in half, but politics naturally gets in the way. So, developing story. So, uh, moving on, though, Israel Folau, uh, everyone's favorite, not favorite, Australian rugby <laughs> player, he signed a four-year extension 
to his Wallabies in New South Wales contract until the end of 2022. He's 29, uh, and he switched from Union to Rugby League. He's uh, is one of the world's best rugby players. He just said, I'm really grateful to Rugby Australia and the Waratahs for all they've done for me. When I made the switch to rugby five years ago, I could never have dreamed that it would have gone this well. World Cup is a big test target of mine this year, and I believe this Wallabies group can go a long way if we keep on improving. Uh, I mean, his devout, he, he, his future wasn't out a bit last year. Uh, being a devout Christian, he wrote on social media last year that God's plan uh, for gay people was hell unless they repented. Uh, the comments sparked an uproar and led to him being called in by Rugby Australia officials. Probably speculation he might not return to Rugby League or move overseas, but they ultimately decided against the sprinting action and Flowers continuing the best, uh, in the test side. He's pretty much their best player. So he's staying on to four years. My question for you, Alex, uh, he's 29. Uh, I don't know if he's turned 29 yet. He'll be 33, 34 by the time of... Wait, 2022, three years. Yeah, he'll be around about that age. Um... I know he. I, th- I know he, he. He treats his body as a temple. I'm interested to see mm. if he'll still be the same explosive player in four years' time. Maybe. Yeah, it's difficult to say. I mean, first of all, I want to point out that he also treats David Pocock's body like a temple, um, <laughs> because Israel Folau is so obviously, obviously gay. But it's hard to say. I mean, a, a guy like him who relies so much on his athleticism, you know, he's he's not the same as like a. I don't know, like a, a Conrad Smith, for example, like a, a slightly more cerebral player who can like get away with being a, a bit of a sort of midfield mastermind, like with a few tricks up his sleeve. Um, like for me, the football equivalent is always like Andrea Pirlo, who played like mm. pretty much up to his 40s and he was still, like, he couldn't get around the pitch that well, but if he had the ball, he knew what to do with it. Israel Flala is not really that kind of guy. Like he's, he's more in the mold of like a, Almost like Julian Sevier, we spoke about him earlier in the year and last year, who was like pre- pre- prematurely forced out of the All Blacks yeah. just because there was a younger, fitter, faster version of him, Enrico in, in Iani. So, look, let me put it this way. If if Israel Folau was playing in New Zealand, he'd probably be had to leave at the end of this World Cup yeah. to salvage his career. The fact that he's playing in Australia, yeah, I think he can hang around for as long as he wants. I don't think they're going to find a better fullback than him anytime soon. No. Uh, Although, as I say, that I remember that they have Tom Banks, who is empirically the best fullback in the multiverse. Yeah, we got we got to represent Ben uh, while he's not here. So, uh, yeah, so for, so for now, he, he's staying with Australia for four years. Uh, a player who is on the move, though, uh, someone that I know we're all a big fan of, Jordan Tafua, incredibly underrated. The Lesser Tigers, uh, they've announced his signing. Uh, of the Crusaders back rower uh, at the pretty much of the 2019-2020 season. So next season, he will be joining the Leicester Tigers, I think, at the conclusion of Super Rugby. Uh, I need to go through this. Um, I'm just trying to see what he says here. I see a lot of similarities between the Tigers and the Crusaders, Tafu has said, and I'm fully bought in to the vision that uh, uh, Gordon Murphy and his staff have for the team. I'm looking forward to playing in front of the club's amazing fans at Welford Road later this year. Uh, Murphy said of Tafu. Jordan is a very physical and powerful player. Scored the best traditions of back row player in New Zealand. He has extensive experience in Super Rugby with the Crusaders, and we look forward to welcoming him to Welfare Road in the new season. This is the sort of move where I'm just chuffed for the player. You know, he's been a yeah. he's been an outstanding servant for uh, New Zealand rugby, Super Rugby extended. Uh, I've always enjoyed him. He's, he's again highly underrated. Would have definitely played international rugby were he not a Kiwi slash. Uh, well, I know he played for the Samoa under 20s uh, for Samoa and New Zealand. Um, Classic. And yeah, and he played for the Crusaders against the British Irish Lions. Very unlucky to not play international rugby, but I think a highly respected player uh, all along the way. And also hard as nails. GC, he's taken out some people over the years. So uh, good luck to Jordan Tafua. Uh, you've done well. And uh, who drafted him? 
I will watch it. We'll see if anybody, someone dropped him late. Uh, if I did Nick get him. We'll, we'll get into that. Actually, let me just see where we see Tofu. Yeah, I've got it open. So I've got the list open in front of me. Back row. Oh, Ben's got him. Ben. Oh, okay. Good pick up, Ben. Well done, Ben. Nice, Ben. Uh, you got to get the last out of him. But he was his bench. <laughs> he was his fourth, uh, fourth Lucy, which is also interesting. Anyway, we'll, we'll chat a bit more about that a little bit later. <laughs> uh, also, someone else heading overseas, but not a player. Joel Kraus, he's set to lead the Southern Kings after being appointed as head of operations for Pro 14 Rugby. He'll begin his new role in June 2019 after spending eight years with the PE franchise. Kraus has performed the roles of Chief Operations Officer and at the Kings and Group CEO of Eastern, Eastern Province of Rugby excuse me, since 2012 and has overseen all aspects of professional franchise operations in Super Rugby and Pro 14. Uh, the head of operations for Pro 14 Rugby is a new role and the appointment of Kraus is part of a long-term growth strategy to expand the administration team that runs the tournament. Uh, an attorney by trade, Kraus has a decade of legal experience on his CV and has also worked directly for the South Africa Rugby Union in developing the Southern Kings franchise. So, uh, a bit of a blow to the Kings, a, uh, in a sense, a lifelong servant, and one with a tremendous amount of institutional knowledge, and he's been there through all the ups and downs the Kings have gone through. But I guess congratulations to him too. I think we kind of sometimes forget that beyond the players that go overseas, uh, a lot of our um, better rugby minds, a lot of coaches and even administrators like Kraus, for example, they head overseas. Uh, I guess it just goes to show, uh, you know, the Kings are on the app, <laughs> slowly but surely. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's, it's good. I mean, this is exactly what people were kind of worried about with um, Pro 14, right? Is that it would end up being like a bit of a, a window shopping experience for the European teams. Pretty much. Um, it's, not, it's not necessarily the worst thing. Like, I think it's good to to be able to get fresh blood coming in, you know, so if like for every guy that leaves, it's a promising young coach or analyst or whatever, who hopefully is in a position to take his place. And I think that's unfortunately the part where we usually get it wrong. Uh, so my issue is, is very seldom with people leaving. It's the fact that we don't have anyone to replace them. It's like the pipeline is broken. Yeah. So yeah, it's a shame. I, I wish him all the best. I actually, I don't think I've ever heard of him, if I'm being completely honest. But yeah. then again, I don't really keep my ears close to the ground with yeah, Kings we, Rugby. I'm afraid we're missing our resident expert, Matt. Uh, yeah. yeah. He's, yeah. He's, he's somewhere on, on the streets of Cape Town, for what we understand. So Yeah, we, he was last seen heading towards Table Mountain. I don't yeah. know where he is now. <laughs> but, um, yeah, anyway, all the best. I, I think it's good. It's glad that, I'm glad that the Kings are on the map, and hopefully this kind of coverage allows him to mm. get someone else good in. Uh, someone else who has been on, on the map for quite some time, uh, the mini Ben Smith, Dan Haley-Petty, he's going to captain uh, the Melbourne Rebels of the 2019 Super Rugby competition. Uh, and they, they, they use the word, the language here, after an extensive selection process, Haley-Petty's outstanding leadership abilities, exceptional levels of professionalism and well-respected status within the club earned him the nod. Well, he is a great professional, and I know he was at the force, correct? Yeah, he was heat of the force. Also, Dave Vessels, uh, their coach, he's also signed an extension. Yeah, so, that's a good that's a good pickup. He's yeah. I mean not a pickup, but like it's good retention. He's really good. <laughs> no, it's all pickups, Alex. Draft, draft <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Time. <laughs> Gotta get out of draft mindset. Yes, exactly. Uh, the Rebels have picked up uh, Vessels. It's a pretty good one. What what, what round they got him in? <laughs> yeah. The, have you seen the have you seen the, that episode of The Office where they they go to the the beach or whatever and they got to eat like the hot they have like the hot dog eating competition yeah and they got to walk across poles and like that kind of thing no sorry good one yeah so it's like when when Michael's leaving he thinks he's gonna go get a promotion so he's trying to figure out who the next manager of the branch should be so he has like a hot dog eating competition 
and like all kinds of stupid shit. I wonder if that was the extensive process that the Rebels ran for their captain for this year. Because surely by now you know who the senior leaders are. Like, who who else was it going to be? Like, I don't know, maybe like Coleman or Kenya. He was last year. Coleman. Coleman was captain last year. Was he? Yeah. Okay. So what the fuck did he do wrong then? I mean, uh, maybe he was just cut full with it. I don't maybe. know. Yeah. Blame him. <laughs> Uh, okay, just there's also a bit of Six Nations rugby yesterday. Uh, let's see what we have here. Wales, uh, they beat Italy at the Stadio Olimpico, uh, 26-15. Scotland versus Ireland. Scotland lost 30-22. Apparently, Roman Pot uh, is not their favourite man right now. They, they're really not happy with him. And then today, uh, it's England versus France. Come on, France. Stitch them up. Uh, sure. that, that would be great. We'd really appreciate that. So, now, nah, that, that's the news. I think that's the most efficient news section we've ever had. Yeah. I, 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 I think I, I credit myself with that. Yes, I, I think you should. <laughs> I, I almost certainly would. There, um, there's a huge amount of news. Oh, actually, can we talk about the... Yeah. I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it. And I, you probably did watch it. You might have even been there. But the Bulls played the Sharks yesterday. Fuck <laughs> off. No, I wasn't there. But, yeah, you're right. They drew 7-7, or did they? I can't yes. remember. What happened there? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But everyone's talking about it on Twitter. Apparently... So, okay, first yep. of all, elephant in the room, South African preseason game ended 7-7. Yeah, yeah, we get it. We play should rugby. Yes, yeah. No need to rub it in. Um, so there were only two tries scored, and whichever team scored in the first half, I think it was the Bulls, there was, like, there was controversy over whether they actually got their penalty kick or their, their conversion over. And I'm trying to piece it all together from Twitter, but it sounds like the kick wasn't awarded. So the official scoreline was 7-5 at the end of the game. And then the officials, like, I don't know, posthumously watched the, the game tape or something and then just, like, randomly announced, oh, no, the kick did go over, so it's actually 7-7. Seven, seven. Oh, God. So, I mean, first of all, like, really, who gives a fuck? It's a preseason game. But also, like, how... <laughs> how does it even work? Like, what mechanic are you relying on to do this? Like, at what point do you, like, it's been an hour since the try was scored and you decide to review it. Like, what the fuck? I don't know who the referee was. Um, and also, to to be fair, just to give credit to the to both sides, I have heard one version of events where the kick was actually awarded at the time. And the scoreboard did reflect 7-7 throughout the game. So I really don't know what to believe, but apparently there's a whole... Clusterfuck that's going down in Hutting. I don't know. Ah, uh, dude, it's uh, where was it played? At least I could maybe provide some context. And uh, I, oops, that's Spotify. Sorry. Because mm-hmm. I know Sport Twenty Four, they always go like controversy at Bulls Sharks game. It's it's they kind of. They're Belito. Oh, Belito. Oh, yeah, that's why I thought you might have been there. No, no, Belito is no. That's that sounds like the Natal Coast. Oh, I thought it was. Oh, fuck it, yeah. Wait, you don't know where Belito is? I don't know where Belito is. It's north of Derby, I've never, never even heard of it until Belito, Belito is pumping butt. Apparently, uh, it, it's like the Santon of Durban. It's not part of Durban. It's like half an hour north of Durban or something like that. And it's, it's booming. It's boomtown, apparently. It's where the money's okay. going. Okay. Well, there you All go. Right. That's a joke. Right, well, yeah, I learned something. Yeah. Educational podcast. Yeah, I've been, there, I've been there once on a family holiday ages ago. We stayed at the Dolphin uh, Holiday Park or something like that. 
It was. It was. Let's just say, it was not the most favorite family holiday. Well, let me let me go on record and apologize to everyone from KZN for not knowing where Belita is. I would be ashamed, but I'm not actually South African. Yeah, 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 but you are in the Republic. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, you're in the Republic of the Western Cape, uh, but you are actually in Namibia, so that's that's, that's very exactly right. I bet your motherfuckers don't know where Kipman's work is. Uh, no. Okay. I might know a guy who might have been there. I know oh, a guy's yeah. been in Namibia, he's been in Swakopmont and a few other places in Namibia, and he says, it's Kef. Super yeah. Kef. Uh, mm. And he says the beer's good. Just don't get a Vintuk, you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Vintuk's a shit on. I've seen pictures of it, it's not that bad. Okay, let's uh, let's move on. Right, we, as, as well, I don't want to say the Elite Rugby Banter draft, but uh, men associated with the Elite Rugby Banter Facebook group and certain members of this podcast, we took part in our draft day yesterday which was hosted mostly in Cape Town, but we also had myself joining from Johannesburg, Ben from Mauritius. I still don't know where he lives in Mauritius. I know he's told us. And then Nick also from Sydney uh, in Australia. Uh, big big shout-out to uh, Alex and everyone else who put in their time and effort to organize it. I just had to measure a pitch-up and didn't mm-hmm. make sure and didn't stuff up my first pick, though that might be debatable. Alex, are you happy with uh, how, how the logistics of the event proceeded? Uh, logistically, I'm very, very happy. It went really, really well. So in previous years, we've kind of um, restricted ourselves to doing like a WhatsApp chat or a Facebook chat. I think the first year we did it was on Facebook chat. And the guys here in Cape Town, there's normally four, four to five of us. We sit down together, but then there's another four guys who are out of town. And we just sit on a WhatsApp group and go, okay, whose turn is it? Okay, say your, say your pick, say your pick. And then I've got to sit there with a the spreadsheet filling everything in. This year we decided let's try and just you know up the ante a little bit and you know drag ourselves into the the 21st century basically. So we managed to organize a webcam and everyone was on a Zoom. We used Zoom conferencing center uh, or software. So Zoom, if you're listening, you feel free to sponsor us. Um, and yeah, like we everyone was basically on video chat and it worked really well. The sound quality I think was amazing. Uh, we had a whiteboard here with the, our webcam facing the whiteboard so that everyone could see what the picks had been. Uh, ben was complaining that he couldn't read it properly, but that was gamesmanship. And, yeah, it was great. And Matt was here. Um, I don't know if listeners are aware of this, but up until yesterday, Matthew and I had never actually met each other in person. So he dropped by, and that was very cool. He's slightly taller than I imagined he would be. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah it was great. We just sat around in my place. Did the draft, and then when we were done, we all had a nice lekker braai and hung around chatting for about a few hours, um, having a few beers and tearing everyone else's draft to pieces. And <laughs> it was funny, in the cold light of day, when you're standing around with the beer in your hand and, and the fire going, you start looking at your picks and you're like, suddenly, what the fuck have I done? <laughs> and like, and uh, like Alex Hornsby, for example, coming to the cold realization that he picked three props in the first 12 picks. Uh, but yeah it was it was very very cool logistically it was great i couldn't have asked for it to go any better yeah um and uh, we managed to uh, also find a technological solution just to deal with uh, those of us not there uh, i will very much say that sorry so i just had to move that that the there was a uh, massive amount of fomo going hmm. on uh, it seemed like everybody was having a lack of time down there but uh, maybe I'm hoping that the uh, the fact I wasn't there meant I picked better. Overall, overall, <laughs> who, do, who do you think um, got the best draft? Uh, okay. As I was looking, well, at, I was looking at this list, and it's very, it's like 
the teams have different areas of strength yes. in certain ways. Uh, like, not to boost your hopes, but I'm looking at your back three addicts, and yeah. uh, it's quite potent. You ended up with Bridge, Rico, and uh, Apiwe. Uh, yes. D&T. So, I mean, yeah. that looks pretty strong. But then I look at your scrum half, drumming <laughs> terrible. <laughs> your fly half, Perifetta, we don't even know if he's going to start. Uh, well, actually, on that, I've got some breaking news on Perifetta that I found out today. Yes. He's injured. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> he got injured yesterday in their preseason warm-up. And I spent, I spent like, a good hour or so yesterday after their game, um, like, searching for news on the game to see how it had gone. And there was no mention anywhere yesterday that Perifetta had been injured because I was planning to get him. Yes. And then I was like, cool. I, I knew it was going to be a gamble because Otero Black is probably the front runner for that position. But I thought, you know, Perifetta would probably play fly off or fullback. So it's, it's an interesting... I'll just roll the dice, you know? Yes, yes. And then, lo and behold, this morning I got up, checked my phone, and I saw a few tweets from people. And, yeah, it turns out he got injured yesterday, and they just didn't fucking say anything until today, which I think is pretty scummy. Swack. Yeah. But, but, but you, uh, you, you got Pollard, though. I do get Pollard. Policy. Yeah, as your insurance policy. Exactly. And that's exactly what I was thinking. Like, as as we were sitting there, I was thinking to myself, oh, am I comfortable with, with rolling the dice this hard on on uh, Perifetta? And I thought, oh, let me just... Because by that point... Uh, Pollard hadn't been taken yet, and it seemed like a lot of guys were still going to look for a, scrub, uh, a fly half. So I thought, okay, let me just let me just double like, cover my bases. It's obviously an important position. Yeah. So yeah, so I'm I'm okay with it. Um, and I also the reason I feel okay with Perifetta because if you're listening, I picked him in the third round, which is quite high. Yeah. The reason I feel okay about it is because I was I was able to get Nani Lamapi mm. in the fourth in the round, and I had him down going in the first round actually. Yeah, um, I mean, you, we had uh, you, uh, and I had long conversations during the week about what I should do about Jack Goodhue. Uh, yes. I, ended, I ended up taking him as my second pick. I chose Dan Coles as my first pick, and yeah. I just saw the story this morning on stuff about Hurricanes preseason game injuries. I was like, oh god, please, <laughs> please, I swear to God. Thankfully, his name didn't come up, but apparently, Gareth Evans, he's not looking good. Oh yeah, yeah, and, and there's a couple others you can check out the story. Um, but yeah, overall, sorry, I interrupted Michael. Question: Which which team do you think looks the strongest? Um, okay, so let me quickly take the listeners through. Should I do the first five picks for each team? Yeah, yeah. And then great. and then I'll read them out, and then you and I can give them a, a rating out of ten. Should we do that? Actually, maybe maybe just make it four. Uh, so there's five. Um, I'm not so wary of time, so maybe you can just go through the first four picks. If that's is it because of time, or is it because you picked Freddie Douglas as your fifth pick? No, I'm, I'm very happy with where to take this. He's going to get six ga- You're going to see. It's fine. You're going to be a sleeper. <laughs> okay, fine. Okay, cool. five. Five. okay. <laughs> All right, let's do five. I'll just go quickly. Okay. So first of all was Alex Hornsby. Um, so it's not me, but my namesake. He was the first overall pick, and he went naturally Malcolm Marks. I think we all knew that was going to happen. Yeah. Malcolm Marks, Quacker Smith. So he doubled down on the Lions. And then he went Pablo Matera, Dwayne Vermeulen, and uh, Bowden Barrett. So three... Loose forwards. Yeah. His top five picks, which I think is very interesting. Yes. Uh, I didn't see that coming from anyone. I was secretly hoping to pick up one of Quajo or Pablo Matera yeah. in round three, which is kind of why I panicked and went Perifetta. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so Marks, Quajo, Pablo Matera, Formula, and Barrett. What do you what do you give that out of, out of 10? Uh, I'd, give it, I'd give that a seven. Uh, the, yeah. the, with the caveat though that Barrett isn't necessarily going he's not starting he's not going to start the first game uh, yeah. he's going to miss some games but overall that's strong 
That's very yeah. strong. So, yeah. I think it's pretty good. Yeah, I think it's... Look, loose forwards is an interesting position. Like, you can get guys to come out of nowhere and have a really good season. Yes, exactly. But, yeah. like, those three, Quaker, Matera, and Trent Vermeulen, are guaranteed performers. Yeah. And, like, honestly, you can't go wrong with, with Malcolm Marks. So I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna bump him up 7.5, just because I think that's a really core, cool, like a really strong core for his team. Yeah. So the true. reason why I'm holding off from an eight is because <laughs> he's he's missed out on like all the centers, all the outside backs. Yes. Yes. Um. So that I wouldn't feel comfortable doing that myself. All right. Uh. And then for Nick. Move on. Nick. Uh. Israel Folau, second pick overall. Yeah. Fair. Yeah, it's a good one. Can't uh, go wrong. Second, second pick Ben Lamb. Third pick Tom Banks, fourth pick Robert Dupreer, fifth pick Curtis Rona. I don't know Curtis Rona. I don't know. I feel like this Israel Folau is super strong. Did he was the second pick? Sorry. Uh, Ben Lamb. Ben Lamb. Lamb. Okay, yeah. I mean that's super top heavy. I mean, so I mean, yeah. So he's he's got a loaded, he's got a stacked outside back core. He's got Israel Folau, Ben Lamb, Tom Banks. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um. Okay. Okay. No, I. No, I'd, I'd give him a. Uh, I don't, I'd say a six point five. I'm not too sure about Rona. Uh, and I, then, I think Rona's less of a gamble than Robert Dupree. I think taking Robert yeah. Dupree fourth round because that's that was before I took Pollard. I think he should have taken Pollard at that point. Um, but anyways, I'll, 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 I'll give him a seven just because fuck. Between Falau, Lamb, and Banks, they're looking at 200 points a week just through them. So yeah, that's true. Um, and hopefully, hopefully nobody gets gets injured. I'm also yeah. wondering, just waiting to see who's the first one to get injured. Actually, uh, that'd be quite, quite oh. funny. Okay. Apparently, um, Stephen Perifeta. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> make a copy. So I'm just trying to find the thing that you that you're looking at. Uh, is this the same sheet? Uh, is this I'm, looking, I'm, I'm looking at the photo that I sent to the WhatsApp. Oh, uh, okay, cool. And then Andrew, let's move on to him. Andrew was the third pick overall. Damien McKenzie, very solid. Yeah, can't argue with that. Peter stepped to toy in the second round. Which I like is, that though. He's a lot. It's, so. it's high. Okay. Uh, it is, it's it a little is high. high. It is high, but he he's a differentiator. His differential over other guys will be quite high. Yeah, and that I mean that's exactly what seems to have been Adam uh, Andrew's plan here because he's Ooh. gone uh, Peter stepped to toy, Tanya Latupo, mm-hmm. and Scott Brits. Yeah, that's, that's... those those are three guys with high differentials in their positions. Yes. And then fifth pick was Jordy Barrett, which is good. Just a good pick. Uh, I'd give him an picks. eight. I'd give that 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 core an eight. I, think. I I I I'm reluctant to to rate that higher than Falau, Ben Lamb, Tom Banks, for example. Um, I think that I I think it's good that he has those players, but I think what he gave up to get them. So for example, he picked Peter Stepitoy, and then the very next pick was Ben Lamb from Nick. <laughs> and yeah, I don't true. know I think I'd rather have Ben Lamb all things considered so I think it's a good team I don't know if they're necessarily great picks that high up okay um, Phil so, oh, I, I'm looking at it now so I, I could even mention it to you so you can go first uh, he picked up uh, Akira you just step over Matt uh, oh shit I did step over Matt sorry uh, he got <laughs> Richie Mwanga uh, Wazaki Nahole Brady Retalic Aka Fanamova and Stephen Kitsoff yeah Score out of 10? Um, I think it's really strong, to be honest. Like, Yeah, it is. My only concern would maybe be Brody Retallick being arrested quite a lot. Mm, yes. But I'd, I'd give that an 8. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. He's got, he's got probably the best fly half. Yes. I think I think Nahola's going to have a, a really good season because he's got a lot to prove. Yeah. He's got hands down the best lock. 
and noteworthy that you Brady Rotating was picked up after Peter Steftatoy. Akifanamova, mm. I think he's probably going to be the second best hooker this year, I think. And then Steven Kitoff, who's just a beast. Yeah. So yeah, I give that I give that an eight. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, then we'll move on to Phil. Ah, oh, yeah, he broke my heart when he chose Kira uh, as his first pick. <laughs> I know we all wanted him. He had a Kira. Uh, Adi Sevilla, uh, Damian Williamson, Nasirani, and Genia. He was the first guy to actually choose a scrum half as well, which which is interesting. Um, again, I'd give that an eighth because Genia is going to be a bigger differential, particularly particularly if him and Quaid Cooper do well. Uh, and I just think Akira Wani, yeah, he's stacked at back row. Jesus Christ, uh, Akira, yeah. Adi Sevilla, and Asi Nasirani. He's yeah. wanting to do that. Now, apparently, the Hornsby's have uh, have colluded with regards to to loose forwards. <laughs> yeah. But uh, look, I mean. He, yeah, you say he broke your heart for the Kira pick. He made my day with the Kira pick because I, I was, yeah, I meant it means that I get Rico Yoni. And okay, so lots to be made of the fact that All Blacks are being rested, so Rico's going to miss two games that Kira probably won't. But I, I don't know. I'm sorry, like I can't look past Rico Yoni as a as a top a top five point scorer this season. I think he's going to be in the top five even with those missed games. Mm. Uh, yeah, so I give Phil. I think he went. I think he went too early on Nasirani. Yeah, I think and so. Kenya, uh, so I, I give him a seven point five. Uh, I'm going to give him an eight. I just think okay. there's such power in that in that back row. But uh, but he only got Stevenson as well, which I thought was a very good pickup. Uh, right, yours. Uh, I'll write yours. You you. you uh, uh, Rico, you got Rico. George Bridge. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was my. That was a great pick. I. That would have been the other guy I chose if it wasn't for good Hugh. I really wanted to choose him, but I don't know. Perifeta, uh, Lamapi, Laka, and Lutuyaga Laka, captain this year, I think. Overall, looking at that, bar your Perifeta stuff up, um, mm-hmm. I, I, I would have given you an 8 if Perifeta was someone a bit more established. You're going to yeah. get a 7, which just okay. marks uh, the, quality, the quality of Rico, Bridge, Lamapi, and Lutuyaga. That's super strong. Yeah. And you picked up Lut in round 5. So, I just perfect. I understand your logic. You would have gotten a higher mark, but just look at a seven from you because yeah. I think you're doing uh, well. That's I, that's fair. I appreciate that. No, look, I, I don't know if you heard me. We were sitting in the room. It was my pick. I even said to Phil, like, I think I'm just going to roll the dice on Perifetta. Mm. Uh, like, I, I knew the risks. I didn't obviously know that he was injured, so that that was not planned for. But I think he's a player with serious upside. Um, I'm going to have to do a bit more research into how injured he is yeah. and try and figure out if he's if he's worth keeping. But uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Cool. You can go. Then you can go through mine, I guess, since I was after you. Uh, yours? Oh, fuck! I've lost the. Uh, sorry. I've lost the picture. Uh, I can read it to you. I've oh wait, I've got it. I've got oh. it. Okay, so Adam, seventh pick overall. Dane calls in the first round, which is a pretty huge shot. Um, Jack Goodhue, solid pick. He's gonna have a great season this year. Um, I think, like I said to you on, on um, direct message, Goodhue, and I think for me, the top two centers this year are going to be La Mappe and Goodhue. Mm. Um, and then someone who's going to be in the top five was your third pick, Summer Karevi. You can never, ever go wrong with Summer Karevi. Mm. And then Bernard Foley, pick four. He's had an up and down the last couple of years, but I I think his quality is going to come out this year. I hope so. He was, he was a bit average last year. That's I was kind of thinking, hopefully... Uh, and I just think, I know I picked a lot of Aussies, Oaks made fun of me for it, but they're in the weakest conference. So I'm hoping they get a few stompings in. So yeah, uh, we'll see. For sure. for sure. And then last pick, Fetty Douglas. Uh, eh. <laughs> really? Yeah. Really, Fetty Douglas. <laughs> yeah, dude, dude he's, he is. He's heat. You watch. 
Okay. I know I'm trying to say he's a bad player. Yeah, I know, but, but I'm going to pick him later. Yeah, so I mean, let's look at the guys who came after him, like Buffelli, Jack Maddox, not bad. Yeah. Uh, ben Smith, you could have had Ben Smith. I, Ben Smith's up and down for me. You could have had David Pocock. Oof, yeah, that's true. But I don't know, uh, how many guys do I have? The actually one guy I was quite bleak I didn't get was Stevenson, weirdly yeah. enough. Um, that, uh, that was, full, full got that was, that was the round, yeah, just after you. Yes, so. so yeah, so look, I, I'm going to I'm gonna bump you. A seven. Are you going to give me a seven? I'm going to give you a seven, and it's not just because of Fetty Doug, it's also because, like, the proof of the Dan Coles is in the tasting. Like, I don't know if he's going to play that much. I don't know if he's going to be back to where he used to be. There's just too many variables. Like, I, I don't think it's a bad pick, but, like, for me, as a first pick, it's a bit risky. Yeah, but I was just worried someone... Because as soon as I was just worried, I wanted a good hooker. But I must admit, the fact that Matt chose Akka uh, in round four, yeah, he did yeah. well. Ah, that's it. And then just lastly with Ben's, uh, Michael Little... Which is an interesting shot first. Uh, then Alton Leonard Brown stacked at center. Then you have Quay Cooper, Hooper, and then Buffelli. That's his five. Uh, I, I'd give that. I give that seven point five. Little, I'm not too sure about Little, just because he's going to have crap players around him. That's my major concern. Mm, I'm 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 not giving Ben seven point five. <laughs> <laughs> what are you giving? Ben's getting a six point five for me. And honestly, he's a little lucky to get that because I think Little. I know why Ben has done little Antonin Brown, because yeah. their scores are very high on the website. But that feels very disproportionate based on their performances. Um, I think they're both going to score highly, but I don't think they're, they're going to be the top two no. scoring centers. And that's obviously what he thinks, because he's picked them there. So, no, like, he's not far off the mark. You know, it's not like he's gone, you know, Jordan Ulysses or anything stupid. But I don't know. Like, I don't think it's the best call. Quaid at third, I think, is a mistake. That's high. That's, That's high. high. I was hoping he'd be my reserve player half, and then he picked him yeah. up. Because, I mean, look, he, he's gone Quaid before you've gone Foley, before I've gone Pollard, before Nick's gone Robert Dupre. Yeah. And uh, Barrett. Like, Barrett. And, and Burn Barrett. Like, yeah, there's... I don't know. That's... I've said it before. Quaid Cooper does not score well in fantasy. And maybe it's going to be different at the Rebels, maybe. But, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, and then Rupert Buffetti is good. I yeah. like Rupert Buffetti. Um, also, Labiskakni, risky. I don't know if Labiskakni is going to play six rounds. Alamalo is injured. So I thought he was injured. He's got a wrist problem. Uh, very quickly, um, the, the pick that broke your heart the most for the manager who chose him. And I, I, know, I know my answer to this. Well, you, you've really said it's a cure, isn't it? Oh, well, it broke my heart. But um, oh, okay. I just I felt bad for the guy when he chose him. It, it was Nick when he chose uh, Vili Britz. Oh, shame. <laughs> uh, Nick, if you're listening, Vili didn't even get a Super Rugby contract. <laughs> the thing is, like, we were we were on the fence about whether we should do something about it, and then someone checked the website, and Vili Brits is technically on the website, so he is in the database. Yes. So yes. then it's it's a legitimate pick, but he's not going to see any rugby this year. Yeah, he's... yeah, no, that was bad. That was bad. Uh, so I hope he chose them out. <laughs> I don't think if there was any anything worse than that. Um, I know there was my starting with. Dianti, uh, okay. you allowed me to to change course. So I chose Dianti yeah. as my fourth, um, uh, as my fourth. Uh, what do you want to call it? Oh, outside back. That's right. And then and then I was like, wait, wait, <laughs> and, and you allowed me. And then oh, what did I do? I ended up going backwards and choosing like, Harry, Harry Parkinson. <laughs> <laughs> P 
TPP as a C here. We've got Trouble C, Trouble P. I ended up getting uh, who I was chuffing is Itani and Nana Satoru. Uh, that was yeah, that's Oaks who went late, which was surprising. To beat Lee, he went quite late. Uh, he, he did. He, he's quite. He's guaranteed actually for for some good action. Um, Kepu, your your pickup of Kepu in the second last or the last round was really impressive. Yes, I was like, yes, my boy Kepu. Mm. Um, I'm just worried. I have too too many uh, Waratahs. <laughs> Um, and just any final comments? I just want to talk about our fix option that we introduced, which I found was quite interesting. But any final comments just on the draw itself? Uh, no, not really. The yeah, biggest shock was maybe Delgi or Delai. Delgi, yeah. Delai not, not being picked at all. I know um, I asked. I asked about him, but then you guys sucked me out. Sorry, um, but, but I mean, I, we may have done you a favor because it's a good chance that he won't even play. Uh, now that Tukulet's back... Yeah. It's going to be a contested back three between Tukulet, Moyano, and Buffelli. No, and there's, so. there's still some decent replacements out there as well, so for trading. Yeah. Uh, when does trading kick off for us, by the way? Tuesday. Tuesday night, 7 p.m. South African time. I wonder, who's got, I wonder who Alex is going to trade. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I haven't decided. I might, I might hold on to him. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. Uh, just the last thing that we introduced, um, there's quite a bit of debate about just a little... Tink tinkering that we can make. Um, the, what we ultimately decided was, uh, as a democracy, we decided that we'd add a 24th player, like, you know, there's always an extra prop in a bench, as the flex bench option. Uh, similar to what maybe a Fantasy Rugby Draft kind of do, where you can have a bit more of a shaped bench compared to a, a set bench. We each allowed each manager to choose a 24th player, uh, as, they, as they pleased. Um, I ended up picking Dave Fitzpatrick because I picked up Jordan Ulysse I had to after last year. And uh, guys are tuning me that neither of my my hookers are going to start. So then I got uh, I got I got a little <laughs> a little bit paranoid. Uh, yeah. Ben, ben got Alex Vidal, Alex got uh, Jordan Pettaya, a uh, good shot. Mm-hmm. Miller, which one is that? Oh, Will Miller. Uh, that's with yeah. Phil. Phil. Uh, Navalu, which which is pretty solid for the Reds as well as for Matt. Pete Samu, that's a good one actually. Uh, Pete Samu is great. Yeah, very yeah, good. Very good flex player. And then <laughs> it's Pete Murray. From Nick, that was brave. Uh, good on you. And then Sam Whitelock, a good, a good option to have uh, as a flex player. Uh, right, we're going to try now uh, invite Harry on. Let's just see. Uh, what's this? Create new group. Sorry, I'm going to figure this out. Okay, we're now going to invite Harry on. We're just giving him a call now from uh, Draft Rugby. Hopefully he answers. I didn't give him a warning. Oop, there you go. Hello? Sorry, it's 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 starting a new a new call. I'll just join the files later. Yeah, I'll just sort of. Okay, let's just sit here. And uh, hello, well we're calling hello. Harry. Is that is Kagi? Is that you there? You've got me. How are you doing? Ah, good and you. Oh, very well. Hey, Kagi, how how are you getting on, man? Oh, pretty good, guys. How are you all? Oh, not too bad. Yeah. I hope, I hope we haven't um, eaten into your bedtime too much. Ah, uh, no. Well, look, I mean, I'm expecting this pod to go for about three hours, and then uh, <laughs> yeah. We're going to record our pods, so uh, <laughs> it'll be South African daytime, uh, or like it'll be the next day by, by that time. I don't know. Yeah, we'll, we'll be eating supper, and you'll still be doing your pod. So uh, it's only it. 12 p.m. here. <laughs> well, make sure make sure you stay hydrated. That's it. Oh, I am. I am. Don't worry. We, 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 we're, we're very good at that here. <laughs> yes. So, uh, just for those of you who aren't aware, Kagi is uh, along with Harry Nelson, and, and forgive me if there are others. Uh, they're part of Draft Rugby, um, and they are just to be to be be short about it, obsessed uh, with sorting out Draft yeah. Rugby. They do run the world famous, I must say, Casualty Ward. Uh, Stephen Perifetta will be the latest player added to that. Uh, and just for a bit of context, Correct. Kagi, uh, Alex picked Perifetta as his third draft pick, and he got injured yesterday in preseason. So. We- 
we had we had been discussing that uh, as an interesting mm. third pick anyway, but um, oh, yeah. certainly not certainly not helped by that injury. But yeah, <laughs> I I stand by it. Like I stand by the pick at the time. I think it made sense. So you don't you don't think uh, Otero Black was was first choice? I think he probably had the edge over Perifeta for the ten jersey, but I was kind of holding out for Perifeta at fifteen. Uh, okay, I see. They've, yeah, look, I, it, was a, huge, it was a risky move, but yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm a huge Perifeta fan as well. Um, but I think uh, there's certainly some challenges there with the likes of Collins and Duffy, and sure. we all want to see Nanai play as well, you know. Yeah. But, uh, but no, big, bold, bold third pick for sure. <laughs> yeah, well, it hasn't paid off, unfortunately, but, you know. It's <laughs> no, okay. it's all right. You always, yeah. get, you, you always get one of those. Yes. Yeah, it's good. You get it out the way early as well. Like, you get it done in the first round, and now I'm good to go for the rest of the season. That's it. And that's also why, look, uh, you have your draft night as close as possible. We have ours this Thursday coming up. Uh, yeah. So that, so we should more or less get the team lineups and uh, and every injury from the preseason game. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, well, these guys in Australia, they, they've sought or attempted to, to try to do the impossible and build the ultimate draft <laughs> rugby platform. Uh, that the mm. that us down here in the Southern Hemisphere can use. And the draft concept... Um, is quite well developed in the United States. Kagi, if you could just, people who aren't really familiar with it, I know we, we've skirted around the edges of, of it on this podcast. Can you kind of talk about what the draft concept is about compared to the normal uh, salary cap game uh, that people played online? Uh, and what interests you the most about, about, about it for you guys? Yeah, sure. I think, um, I guess the biggest difference is the, to the salary cap model, uh, with the salary cap model is that um, it just can be a little bit less kind of personal and less engaging. You don't kind of, you don't buy into it quite as much. So with the salary cap model that we're all familiar with, um, you know, you sign up to a platform, um, you pick your team within a given budget, like any actual team would. Um, but the, the big, big problem with that is that uh, you end up picking teams that look very similar to everyone else that's on the platform because um, yeah. everyone knows who the good players are. Everyone's everyone's picking Damien McKenzie and, and whatnot. Um and so there's that problem, and then there's also the, the concept that it's just about uh, your your scores throughout the entire season. Um, it's really just about how your team fared over the whole season, and then at the end of the season, your team gets a score. So the draft model, and it's incredibly successful in US sports, particularly the NFL and NBA and baseball. Um, yeah. It's it's far more engaging and compelling because of two real things. One is the concept of uh, unique players. So you really buy into the fact when you, you draft uh, your own team of, um, like we like to, to draft a full team, so a full team of 23 rugby players. But um, mm. uh, obviously in the NFL, you're not going to draft a full 40-man roster because that, that would just be untenable. So <laughs> um, that model's like a, a shortened model. Um but uh, yeah, you draft a full team, so when you pick a player, no one else can pick that player. It's unique to your team, and that just kind of gives you this connection uh, with your team and your players. And, uh, and the second component, I guess, is playing in league. So rather than signing up to a platform, playing against everyone on the platform worldwide, you're playing specifically against your league of, um, of eight mates. So uh, like a an actual team would in the competition, you have a lineup and your team has to play against another team every week and you only get yeah. points on the, I guess, leaderboard, the, the table, the leaderboard, if your team wins that week. So it's not only about how well your players perform throughout the season, it's about um, 
it's about how like your team has to be better than the other team on the day. So um, yeah, it just kind of it just makes you buy in a lot more. And it also, I suppose, look, you know, as as passionate sport fans, I guess um, you know, sports are one of those things that um, it's like an intangible. It basically it brings out a level of passion within people more so than many other things. Um, yeah. And and everyone would like to think that they can pick better than their uh, their national coaches. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but um, <laughs> often often you're probably sitting sitting there at work, pulling up a spreadsheet and writing, all right, who's my starting Springbok 15 uh, this weekend mm. for the World Cup ahead? Who who am I going to have? This is my best 23 players. And so um, by by actually drafting a unique team, so putting together you know, your favourite players from a competition, you can say, all right, well, this is how I would assemble the team if I was a coach. And you can put that up against how the actual teams go. So, yeah, it's a bit of a long-winded explanation, but it's just, um, mm. you know, uh, I guess the, the thing about rugby as opposed to some of the, the US sports that are incredibly popular um, is that uh, it actually works really, really well because you can have a full team of 23 players. Um, you know, I think... Uh, sorry, just give me a second here. Yeah. Close the case. That one. That one. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um <laughs> Harry's just going to pick up our pizza. But yeah, no, r- rugby just works really, really well because yeah, you can feel the full team as opposed to having kind of the abbreviated version of just picking the core players. I mean, um, yeah. Look, I-, I love American football as well, just because it's, it's a very complicated game with a lot of strategy involved. But um, but no, just the the ability to pick an entire team and I guess the type of stats that are involved. Uh, with rugby, and you know, I mean, we all love rugby because it's a game played by people of all shapes and sizes. You, you need everyone to play. It's an inclusive game. Um, saying that as a, a big front row forward, um, <laughs> and um, yeah, so look, I guess that's that's why we love rugby and fantasy rugby, and uh, and why we would like to actually build it into something. You know, it's um, it's a global sport, unlike obviously the American Championships. They are. They say they've won the world championship, but um, they're just playing American teams. Uh, whereas uh, rugby, obviously, is played in you know over a hundred countries, and um, and yeah, we'd love to to see it kind of grow. All right. Yeah. Um, I know you guys have been hard at work, literally for months, uh, work, working on the draft rugby platform. Uh, look, you'll be speaking towards this later. This has been recorded uh, on like, it's like late Sunday morning, South African time, uh, and you guys actually did release. Uh, something I think about an hour ago, just in terms of the progress you've made. Uh, where, where are you guys? Yeah. Uh, I know things quite haven't gone according to plan, and you know, we've chatted about it briefly. Uh, and those anybody who's actually mm. built a website will very much know of what you speak. But just kind of where's progress at, um, and just uh, where are you guys? Just so people people looking forward, uh, what will they find uh, when they go online to see what you guys have come up with? Uh, based on what I discussed, is it? I still think it's fantastic uh, what you'll be offering. But I know you guys are a little bit disappointed, but uh, reality has come to bite. We're trying to do some coding. Something along those lines. So, yeah, sure, absolutely. Look, um, I guess we, we have been hard at work building the platform over probably the last four to five months. Um, so, I, I specifically, I, I'm having a bit of a, a career change. So, last year, I um, I took some time off, and I've been been learning to code. So, I, I actually did a, a coding boot camp, and um, mm. and off the off the back of that, uh, I started uh, building this platform. You know, we. We all got the news last year that Fox Sports was uh, no longer going to uh, be offering their fantasy platform. And um, even though it, it wasn't uh, a draft platform or what we all wanted ideally, um, we still used their sports and loved all of the content they provided. Um, 
And so, yeah, so in the last four or five months, I, uh, you know, we put together a couple of mates who are also coders, um, and mates that are, what, two of them actually did the boot camp with me. So I managed to convince them into, uh, <laughs> into coming on board on the project. But um, as a consequence, it meant that, uh, yeah, we were relatively new coders uh, towards building this platform. So um, we set off on a, uh, I guess, an ever-expanding task uh, and not, <laughs> yeah. quite knowing, not quite knowing how big it would grow into. So, um, so in, in terms of a little bit of information, I guess it's a, it's a Ruby on Rails platform for anyone that, uh, that knows lang- like languages and frameworks. And so uh, we, we've had a few emails, actually, of people... Um, you know, saying that they've telling us about similar type of things they've built. Um, you know, different types of scrapers or um, plugins to the Fox Sports uh, data sets, um, and they'd love to help out and, and in any way and things like that. So um, that's been really great. We haven't been able to actually really take that on yet, but um, certainly would love people to to reach out if they can help in any way. Um, but uh, okay. yeah, so. So we spent four or five months, and you know, if you asked me about a week ago, um, I would have—I was pretty confident that we were we were going to get there. Um, but hmm. uh, the last week, I've had very little sleep, and, um, and yeah, basically just, just the challenges of like putting everything together. So um, it is—it is a very complicated platform in that there's basically just a lot of relationships between. Um, between, you know, players moving between different teams and different users and contracts between players so that they can be traded and things like that. And so um, in bringing it all together, some some of these challenges proved insurmountable uh, to, to at least my abilities and um, and also just uh, the challenges of... So um, Aaron and Denver, who are the other two um, main coders who have been working on this with me... Um, just finding less and less time to, uh, you know, as, as we've started working and just having a little bit less time to, um, to, to spend on it. Um, but, uh, yeah, so where are we at? So we were pretty, pretty close, uh, in the next couple of days. And this is, uh, now been done my middle name. We're, we're close, uh, and it'll be out <laughs> in two days. <laughs> um, but, um, in the next couple of days, we, we'd like to open up at least the, the draft because, uh, that was probably the hardest thing we built, um, and it's it's awesome. So um, it's like a we basically had to learn how to build what's called a live web socket, which is basically yeah. had to learn how to build like a, a messenger chat room um, so that everyone can log on to the draft and in real time see all of the changes. So as people pick players, you can see them added to your team, and you can see that those mm. players are no longer available to be picked and things like that. Um, and so. Yeah, in the next couple of days, in the, well, obviously before the season starts, in the next couple of days, particularly since our uh, our draft for this year is on Thursday night, mm. um, we'd like to open up the platform so that people can at least draft. Um, and yeah, we'd like to run our draft on it. So on this Thursday night coming up, we've uh, we've booked a big private room in a pub and it has a, a big screen and, and everything. So we'll be putting ours up. Um, we, we might be doing the whiteboard as well. Uh, you know, you've got to have the, the backup. Um, but, um, mm. um, Feels authentic so we'll be, as well. Yeah, exactly. You know, we, I feel like <laughs> we, we, need, we need the photo now as well. You know, I've been seeing all the photos. <laughs> online, um, yeah. right? but, um, but yeah, so uh, in, in the next week, you should be able to log on to the draft. And when you draft, so, so basically you should be able to sign up, create an account, create leagues, invite friends to your, to your league. Um, you should then be able to perform a draft. 
And from that draft, you can see you can see basically everything that's available in the league. So there's a few different kind of pages mm-hmm. all available. So there, you should be able to manage your team. So we've got a similar type of. Um, uh, I mean, it's it's in uh, the image on our kind of sales page, which is you can drag and drop your your players from your bench to your starting team and mm-hmm. and save your starting starting roster each week. Um, you can then see everyone else's teams uh, in another tab. So you can see everyone else's teams and who they've nominated for their starting team. So that will be important to to see if um, if someone's forgotten, you know, you don't, have, don't remind yeah. them and, and then see that they're starting players that are injured or not playing. Um, and um, and you can kind of, you'll be able to see what we're, like you'll be able to see the table and the leaderboard um, and the, the features that we haven't quite finished uh, were basically really getting the whole trading system working Mm. so the way that we've envisioned to do that has been in two parts um i guess uh generally we're we're looking at a monday to friday period so games take place on friday all the way through to sunday and scores i guess would be released on monday and then between monday to friday at any time the way we envision it is that you can make manager to manager trades so Mm -hmm. um i'll be able to propose a trade with another manager so I say I want to trade, uh, you know, Malcolm Marks for Dane Coles. Not sure why. But, uh, <laughs> I think Adam, and, Adam uh, would probably accept that trade at this point. The uh, Dane Coles is my first pick. So I, I, was I, he? He was. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big expectation. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So you can propose it to trade, and then the other manager can choose to accept or decline your proposal. Um, and we figured that, yeah, we'll just allow people to do that at any time during the week. Uh, and then the second second component to our trade system will be um, the way that we've run in previous years that has seemed to work really well is we, we've, so we've all basically met at the pub uh, on a Thursday night every week during season, or and you can't always make it, so you're on your phone. And, um, and we do, in effect, like a mini draft for a trade, which is that, um, for a trade night. So uh, whoever's bottom of the table currently gets first... Yeah first pick or first trade and then mm. it's not a stake, stake draft but we have gone through five trades so it goes from eight to one 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 and um that kind of it's kind of like a little bit like mario kart the catch-up mode type of thing so if you're coming on the bottom you get the best chance to pick up a player that might actually help you get back going in the right direction um so obviously you know players that are injured that are coming back um and things like that um and yeah, we we basically run it on a system that you get five trades every week, and that's seemed to work well. So a lot of many weeks you won't need to make five trades, so you can just pass. Hmm. Um, but we found in a lot of weeks that um, throughout the last couple of years, people have needed to make at least three or four, sometimes five trades, um, to deal with buys and injuries and things like that. So that's the trading component, and uh, basically, like the manager to manager trades is all set up, and working perfectly, and it's just um, just fixing i guess or finalizing the um the that kind of trade session every week so Mm. um we wanted to set it up so that uh you know it it has a time so like basically the commissioner would be able to start the trade night when everyone's available and that there'll be a timer that counts down and after the time is finished if you haven't done any oh sorry actually instead of passing we were going to set it up with another uh this is i guess illustrative that we haven't finished it but um we were going to set up that you could put in five trade preferences. So, mm. you know, mm. people can't always make their your trade night every week. Um, you know, people life happens, people have work, things like that, whatever. And so if you're not going to be able to make it, it's a real bummer often because, you know, it's really going to affect you and your season. So 
Uh, we've also wanted to put in that you can list five preferences of, uh, or possibly more than five, but preferences of trades you like to make. And um, basically when it gets to your turn, if you're not there, uh, it'll just count down at the end of your turn. It will execute or it'll try to execute um, the preferences you put in. But uh, mm. if those players have already been picked or those trades have been made, then it will just move on to your next preference and, and go through your, your preferences. So at least at least you get to take a stab if you're not able to make your, your trade week. Um, okay, that's quite interesting. So, yeah, so that was just a way we thought about kind of attacking that. Um, mm. I mean, we've, we've had some players in the in the past. Um, we've had we've had pretty strong, I'd say, at least six people that turn up every year, but we've often had one or two new people that um, come in and go every year in our league. And um, mm. yeah, some of the people we've had would are absolutely rugby obsessed, but they just don't have the time to uh, to do all the yeah. research yes. and do all the the manual type of stuff. So, um, sure. you know, we're building it for, for people like that that would love to be able to just easily do all this um, uh, in, a, in, a, in a system. So, I mean, at first, obviously, we're going for a website and then uh, later down the track, let's uh, let's dream of an app uh, on the phone and yeah. uh, we'll go from there. But, uh, but, yeah, so sorry, that's a long-winded explanation. But, um, yeah, no, that's great. Done. And the last, the last thing is that, we're, mm. that we have to figure out is integrating our stats. So we've bought stats, um, which are great, uh, and we need to integrate those into our site every week. So um, uh, we've almost finished doing that, but basically we just need to, to pull those stats from um, the source and then update our system, so update our scores. So based on our, the stats we get, uh, calculate the, the scores. So you know every run is just one point and things like that, whatever. And, um, and yeah, so what we'll be providing throughout the season, it's in our article, is we'll be providing the player stats. So uh, our player stats page is already up, but we uh, will add to that a uh, points, last, points last round or points every round column. Um, we might add something like a three-round average and a five-round average. Um, and, okay. and then a, a more detailed player index page. So similarly to Fox Sports, I guess, if you click a player, so... Um, mm one of the, any of the rows, if you click a player, it will take you to a more detailed page about that player, which provide uh, more detailed information, things like height, age, date of birth, you know, those kind of details. And then the specific, um, uh, like, player stats week by week and the fantasy stats. So how many carries, um, how many meet, run meters, tries, try assists, all those mm. things. How, what did they uh, get every week? And what were the breakdown into fantasy points? Um so, yeah, so it really just gives you that detailed level of information to be able to, um, I guess, make informed decisions on, on your fantasy team and its prospects. Um, but, yeah, so that's basically what we're going to, to offer um, off the top of my head this year, uh, and we're really going to make a push at, um, at, at delivering, you know, again, better content in terms of um, our articles each week and, and our podcast, looking at getting more guests and things like that. I think... Uh, People can get a bit sick of listening to Nelson and Harry just carry on, um, <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, so it's it, look, it's been it's been a great experience building the whole thing over the last couple of months. Um, Nelson and Harry are fantastic hype men, and, uh, and so their just overwhelming confidence has been uh, probably made me more confident than uh, I, I should have been uh, in terms of building the thing. Um, but uh, you know, um, they're they're also rent. They're, they're, they're the ones that are rampant on social media. I, I'd say that I do about maybe 2%, 1% of uh, any of the, the tweets or posts uh, because uh, the nature of their jobs, they're just on their phones all the time and so they don't 
they don't miss anything in the rugby social sphere. And uh, yeah. that's why they're, they're tweeting out and retweeting, you know, 100 times a day um, and whatnot. So, yeah, so we're we're kind of just incrementally each year building more and more. And, uh, yeah, there seems to be this community that's kind of growing slowly. And, and uh, yeah, we'd really love to, to keep pushing fantasy rugby into the, the forefront and uh, and make it a make it a big global thing. Okay, no, I think, I think, yeah, look, I mean, it's obviously sorry to hear about the troubles you guys have had. I mean, uh, I think I mentioned to, to you guys offline at some point that we we have long harbored a similar kind of ambition, mm. uh, wanting to do something, you know, our own side with making a rugby platform and preparatory platform. And it's just, it's such a daunting task. You know, we, every time we thought about it, we we couldn't think how to do it. Uh, and it just it just seemed like too big of a mountain to climb. So the fact that you guys have even started on that journey, honestly, is is pretty impressive. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think we we share your disappointment in in terms of the the delivery timelines. But look, I mean, in a few years' time, we're pretty confident that you guys will have everything up and running. And from from all the signs you've been making, everything you just told us about now, it sounds like it's it's definitely going to challenge for probably one of the best fantasy rugby platforms out there and as you said you know with the united states market they've (laughs) well they've they i mean yeah like i think all signs point to to a great product um and yeah it's just a massive industry there's so much potential to it and um yeah like we obviously i don't want to speak for anyone else but really looking forward to to exploring it this year and then getting hopefully the fully fledged version in a year's time um, that's it no well, i think there'll, there'll certainly be no lack of communication about how we're going along um okay. i think it's it's been harder for harry and nelson uh, sorry for harry and nelson because um uh you know that i mean they're, they're not coders so they they don't really have um you know they just point at things and say oh can't we just do that and then i have to explain mm-hmm. yeah, that's a little bit more complicated than that um yeah, sure. but, yeah. <laughs> but uh I mean, like I said, like t- t- today I, um, I I met up with a mate who's quite a senior, has been quite a senior developer for many years, and um, I s- sat down. I bought him breakfast and lunch, and he, he, we went through the whole platform <laughs> for about six, <laughs> seven hours. And um, and in a way, like I was a little bit relieved um, in that you know he gave us some really great feedback, kind of validating the last uh, five months I spent doing it, saying that uh, it, it is really quite a big and complicated platform. Um, and that he was quite impressed by the amount we were able to get done, and I guess the scope of the project. Um, yeah. And so, you know, he was telling me that uh, if we if we had paid, a, if we had look at paying an agency to develop this platform for us, that mm. yeah, we'd be looking at quite a quite, quite hefty fee for that. Um, sure. So that it was nice in a sense for that, but uh, but also, um, you know, I was, I was getting him to try and help me solve some of these uh, issues that have been doing my head in the last week, and. Um, and he he was having some trouble as well, so uh, you know I haven't haven't been going crazy for nothing. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's um, look you know when it's when it's a real passion of yours, you're willing to uh, to just go go all in on it. And yeah, we're really disappointed not to get it out this year. I guess mm. certainly the opportunity cost of uh, you know anyone that has been um, very interested in fantasy rugby or anyone that has previously played Fox Sports uh, has been looking for something else. So we were hoping to. Yeah take advantage of that and fill that void but um no look i think uh when uh when you want something when no one else is building something quite the way that you think it should be that uh yes decided to go ahead and, and chase it ourselves yeah no i i i advise 100 of that i think it's it's great and like you guys have got a great vision and it sounds like a good team so 
Yeah, not to be dead horse, but but looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I mean, um, what look, uh, and I think what's key to remember is with the demise of Fox, uh, you've taken up the scoring system and, in fact, have improved it. Uh, I mean, if, if people have been following uh, your blog post on draft rugby uh, on your site, uh, you give a very good uh, numerical example of the kind of differences that averages the old rating system really undervalued the sort of work that props uh, in particular and scrum halves did and I know you've made slight, slight tweaks to the scoring system points for a number of passes depending on the position so on and so forth even scrums I know Matt will be very happy to hear that uh, I mean there are also other very good platforms out there such as uh, like, I mean FRD they're out there and I know the others I'm sure are going to try to do their work but we really really love just the scoring really really adds some context to what each of the players do in the field so hey you know what uh, at least someone's out there trying that's the way, that's the way we see it I mean, and uh, you know what it's all power to you guys for, for cracking on and when you say life is busy I've been involved in the building website it's hard work so I don't th- yeah. sure I think people will be disappointed but I um, I don't think it's it's a disaster, and the fact you guys are still cracking on, it, it's absolutely fantastic. So don't take it too hard. I, I felt some sadness yeah. and uh, and guilt there. <laughs> don't do don't do too hard on yourselves. You've actually done a lot more than anybody else has. Uh, that's for sure. So to to move on from the topic onto mm. onto the more onto the field, Alex and I, uh, we we've come up with a dream fantasy fifteen um, over over, uh-huh. the, over the last few years, and we've chatted about mm. it. But maybe we're thinking just to get your thoughts on our selections, and maybe you could just tell us if we're, if we're one of the mark or something of that. Oh, nature. absolutely. I'd love to. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's not at all scientific. Yeah. Uh, let me just get that out the way. A big thumbs up. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, this is very much like we've gone back like deep into the recesses of memory to – we're trying to think about those guys that, you know, stand up in the annals of fantasy rugby. So, you know, legendary performances. Doesn't You know, not necessarily guys that – that went the full distance and, you know, put together sort of 10 consecutive years or something. But yeah. uh, just, you know, those, those legendary performances. So I'll run you through what we've got. And you, you can tell us if you're off the mark, if we're off the mark. Yeah. Um, uh, speaking yeah, for myself, my fantasy rugby sort of uh, history, I guess, is that way back in the day, I used to play test rugby. I don't know if you guys ever played test rugby. Can't say I did, no. Yeah, I was one of the early adopters of the fantasy model. And then there were a couple of other ones that I, I tried out before landing on Fox, which was a happy home, I think, for most for most of us <laughs> yeah. um, for a while. But, uh, yeah. Cool. All right. I'm going to jump into it. So the two props that we've got are Tanila Tupo. Mm-hmm. Um, early in his career, but, you know, I mean, he's he's just one of those, like, money ball props. Like, props are, are tough to find in fantasy, and he just – he scores like a, like a center yeah. half the time, he's- so – He's pretty much my favourite player in the game. So yeah, yeah no, and and fair enough. I'm not going to argue with you on that. Um, then to partner in the front row, Sona Tomololo. Yeah, I was going to say had to be. Yeah, legendary fantasy point scorer. I mean, any anywhere like from naught to ten meters close to the try line, and you just knew it was Tomololo time. Uh, he, he was, was going to find a way. He was the leading try scorer in one of the Super yeah. Rugby competitions. About yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that was that was around the same time that there were guys like um, like Jose Gear and like yeah. Rene Ranger was at his peak. Um, so to, to be the leading try scorer is no mean feat, let alone as a prop. Absolutely, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, then, so completing the front row is a bit of a tricky one. We've got Marks bracketed with Dane Coles. Yep. No, fair, because, fair. yeah, like, you know, Dan Coles, this is sort of a master and apprentice type thing. Uh, Dan Coles in his heyday was the hooker. Like, he was the quintessential fantasy hooker. 
Um, you, you didn't have. I thought Adam would have um, vied for Jordan Ulysse to be in there, but uh... <laughs> no. Well, he might have been one of the great props based on his position uh, last true. year. Uh, people keep forgetting that. I didn't choose him as a hooker. Okay, he was he was a prop. I swear <laughs> it was a plan. Okay, never mind. Sorry. Old wounds. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> it's, it's still fresh. Um, yeah, look, when, when John Lucy gets through a full season of rugby, maybe we can have the conversation. Yeah. Anyway, um, moving on to the locks. Uh, Brady Rotanic, I think pretty yeah. pretty clear pick as number four. Speaks for itself, yep. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he, he kind of put locks on the fantasy rugby map, actually, because yeah. for many for many years, everyone was like, you know, you're wasting your money. You, you Literally, the first thing you'd do, at least I would do when I was doing a salary-based game, was find the cheapest possible lock that was still yeah. going to start and just grab two of them, and then I'd start working on the rest of my team because it was just a write-off of a position. And then Brody came along, and suddenly you're spending outside-back kind of money on a lock. Yeah. Uh, so. He revolutionized the, the position, if you ask me. Yeah. And absolutely. then, yeah, to, to partner him is a tough one. Maybe you can give us a bit of input because the suggestions I came up with were Peter Steph to Toyo. Yeah. Um, he's a bit of a money ball, plays a lot of blindside. But then I also felt like I wanted to put in Luke Jones. Oh, Because uh, okay. he's, he's kind of the original, like three or four years ago, he was the first guy that was sold as a lock that was actually playing blindside. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, so I don't know. Like There have been a few guys like that over the years. Like Fafita had one year. Yeah. Jed Holloway had like an amazing year when he was his breakout season at eight yeah. for the Waratahs and he was still being sold as a luck. And then has uh, disappointed me ever since. Uh, God. Yeah. Not just you. Oh, God, Not just, just you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he's, he's back. They, they finally, I mean, you guys you guys finally put him back at luck and he's mm. you know, expected to play in the, in the loose forwards this year and he still didn't get drafted. Like that's how bad his brand damage has been. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know if he'll go in house, to be honest. Like, he probably will because most of us are Waratah supporters. But yeah, uh, but no, it's, it's all fa- all faith gone for sure. Oh, he's got a lot of he's got a lot of bridges to rebuild. Yeah. yeah uh, well, so I, I guess look, if you're thinking about other locks, um, yeah. uh, someone who who seems very unpopular to the ERB podcast and fantasy in South Africa, uh, Eben Etzebeth. Uh, he <sighs> he did have some pretty good years back in the day. We, <laughs> how low he went in your, your draft, actually. Well, so there's, there's two explanations for that. They kind of bleed into one another. The first is that he's, he, so he's currently injured, right? He's, he's carrying a yeah. bit of a niggle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's not expected to start the first couple of games. But also, more importantly, as Matt loves to point out, Evan Etzebeth is not a Stormers lock. He's not a Western Province lock. He's a Springbok lock. <laughs> <laughs> he's got more caps for the Springboks than he does for, for the Stormers and Western Province combined, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> yeah. So no, like, he's, just, right. he's a liability. Like, look, if he's playing, then you want to have him, obviously. But, mm. yeah, I don't know. It's just it's a bit of a liability. The only other guy I can think of, I suppose, was um, he, he certainly hasn't produced, like, Brody Retallic numbers, but for many years, uh, Philip Vandervolt was was um, mm. listed as a lock, and he, he's yes. pretty much always played um, in the back row. Um, he was... He was pretty consistent for you know your 35 points or so on on Fox Sports I'd say as, a, as an average, yeah. Um, yeah. Which, which was nice. But uh, no, I think in terms of out and out locks, it would just have to be um, you're right. It have to be uh, Brody, and then I would just say it has to be one of the Stormers locks. Um, but mm-hmm. no. I think I think Peter Steph, Peter Steph will probably be the highest lock. Oh, it'll be between Brody and Peter Steph to go first yeah. in our draft this year. But um, yeah. yeah, yeah, we had Peter Steph go in the second round. Second round, okay. Second round, yeah. Second, second pick for for, and, for Andrew, I think. 
Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, we were just talking about that because the very next pick, um, so he picked Peter Steptoe, and the guy after him took Ben Lamb. Uh, yeah. so, <laughs> that was a bit of a strange one. Yeah. But anyway, okay, cool. I'll move it on. Um, the Lucy's, so first of all, I've got Artie. Um, yeah. I feel like he's cooled off a little bit, but I'm expecting a big year from him this year. I think it's Artie's year. Um, he did. He kind of last year. He kind of um, he was injured a bit and uh, just generally yeah. hadn't been performing. And um, he actually came back had a pretty barnstorming second half of the season. Um, mm. I managed to snap him up pretty cheap, or in a okay. let's say a, a trade that was definitely leaning to in, in favour for me. But um, uh, <laughs> he, he came back pretty well last season. So no, look, I, I'd expect big things from him. Um, obviously, he'll. Yeah. Be rested a week or two, but I think no, I think it'll make a big impact for the Hearts. Okay. Yeah. All right, well, there's a bit of controversy here because we don't have Amanaki Mafi or Akira. Mm. Oh, okay, well look, uh, look, I can excuse Amanaki, but you can't you can't take you can't take my boy Akira off the list. Uh, okay. My my fantasy team name last year was actually Show Me the Yuani because uh, I, managed, <laughs> I, managed, I managed to pick up both Rico and Akira as my first two picks. And, nice. uh, they were the foundation of my my winning season last year. So uh, yeah, Akira's got to be in there. And, and look, I think um, if you, I'm sure you, if you listen to our podcast that we had um, Sumo Stevenson on, yes, uh, yes. My, if, if, if Sumo's saying Akira's going to have a big year, and for my mind he already was, then I'm sold. You know, Akira, yeah. Akira, I think is going to crush it this year. So um, yeah. I'm with you. I mean, we we had a running joke last year about that being the year of Akira. But, <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah. But I, I genuinely think this is it. I think this is the year he finally breaks up. And well, he, um, he didn't do too badly last year. He had a no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, don't get me wrong. But like, that's the thing. Like, that's how good he is. Like, I actually think this, he's going to be even better this year. Yeah. Um, but uh, like Adam and I, before you, you joined us, Adam and I were actually just uh, sort of uh, complaining about the fact that the the guy who was just before it, both of us in the draft, Phil, he took Akira with his first pick. Uh, um, and we we were both we both had him lined up. Yeah, uh, I it means I, I ended up with I ended up with Rico instead. Okay. Yeah. So I'm not going to complain too much. But uh, yeah, no, it's going to be a big year for Akira. So look, I'm prepared to debate Akira over RDE, for example. Okay. But yep. but let me let me just pitch you my last two Lucy's. Yep. Hit me. Adam Thompson. Okay. It sounds crazy. It sounds crazy. I know. But thinking. <laughs> it was like I think it was in 2012, 2013. Adam Thompson, Adam Thompson was the first fantasy rugby player, as far as I'm aware of, ever to break 100 points. Oh, okay. And this was back. This was back <laughs> on a. This was on Test Rugby when they weren't as generous with the scoring as Fox Sports were. So break like it had never been done before. And Ben, uh, Ben from Tax, he had him as his captain. And he, and he broke 100 points. Um, and that, for me, like David's sentiment, sentiment, but it's gone down for me as one of the most legendary fantasy rugby performances of all, of all time. Absolutely. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah um, no, I'm aware that you guys might not have the same perspective on it. No, for sure. Look, I, I remember, yeah, early on, he did. He, he became, became quite the journeyman, Adam Thompson. He must have played yeah. for almost every team. Mm, but uh, yeah. he, he did certainly have, I think, the first couple of years I was playing um, fantasy rugby in around 2012 and 2013. I remember he did have some good years those those years, but uh, no, I certainly don't have it as instilled in my mind as you do. But, uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, and, and who's your last one? 
So this is another sort of uh, bit of a blast from the past. Uh, PSPs. Ah, yes, the big man. Didn't he didn't really have a, a big fantasy rugby career because he's like the, the end of his super rugby career kind of just overlapped with the beginning of the rise, I suppose, of, of fantasy rugby in Southern Hemisphere. But the seasons he did have, I distinctly remember him being the most expensive player um, on one of the platforms. It might have, it might also have been Test Rugby. And he was, he was, yeah, like I said, Andrew Thompson was the first player to break 100, 100 points in a week. Pierce Beast was the first player, if I remember correctly, to break the, the 500,000 salary price. Oh, okay, yeah. And so that was also like a bit of a landmark. Uh, question, he was just, did you pay it? Did you buy him? Uh, you had to. You had to. If you wanted to be... <laughs> it was like having Damien McKenzie. You, like, you've got to do it. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's, it's, not even, it's not even so that you can have the points... It's because you know everyone else is going to have the points. There's, there's no other way for you to make up that difference. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's, you know, uh, Pierce Beast was a, an absolute demon. And like, I mean, that was the same year that the Bulls were obviously being particularly dominant. So, um, yeah. yeah, he was, he's, for me, he's one of the all-time best fantasy rugby players. But uh, look, there's, there's also a bit of a nostalgia bias, I guess. Mm, uh, for sure. Well, I'd it say... is hard to figure yeah, for sure. I'd say in terms of who I would say was missing out of that, um, in, in more recent years, uh, I'd say Sean McMahon from the Rebels. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Nice, nice one. That's a good one. Yeah. He, he single-handedly took that team on his shoulders and literally and figuratively carried it uh, throughout the seasons. <laughs> a couple of seasons <laughs> yeah. there. Um, yeah, God, no, he, was, he was so good. I was so looking forward to drafting him this year. Yeah, I know. I was I was so disappointed. Well, I'm so disappointed not only he's not playing um, Super Rugby this year, but that he's mm. that he's not playing for the Wallabies because he he's one of those players that just has those qualities of um, we've we've done a lot of player camming him and you just don't understand how he keeps making meters past the ad line. Like he has <laughs> much bigger people on him and he's just yeah. still taking these tiny little pumping steps and he just keeps going forward somehow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, no, no, he, no he's... he was pretty legendary in the fantasy front for a couple of years. And, uh, that's a good. That's a good call there. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm actually tempted to put in Akira instead of Adi and maybe slot McMahon. McMahon bracketed with Adi on the bench. Mm. But uh, I'll, I'll, okay. I'll approve it. I'll approve that. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah, we have a motion carried. Okay. Yes. Good. Um, <laughs> look, Scrummy. Scrummy's an easy one. TJ Perinara. Yep. Uh, no one. No one outscores him. Yes. Uh, the fly half. Ooh, bit of a bit of a tricky one. I've got Damien McKenzie down. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how you guys feel about that. Can't argue with that. I mean, I think um, how I, I would have to remember how quickly did Richie Moanga go in your draft this year? It must have been in the first yeah. first five or so, I would say. Yeah. Fourth year, when he was fourth. Well, I can say pretty much, well, I'd say to like ninety degrees certainty that in our draft, uh, and I've got third pick this year, so I have a conundrum. But um, <laughs> I'd say that uh, the first first three picks would will include. Damien McKenzie and Richie Mwanga in our draft, um, for sure. It'll, yeah. You'll probably be the only other person would be Marks. I'd say those those will, to about ninety percent likeliness, be um, the first three picks in ours. So Richie, I definitely say is up there. And I mean, I guess we we've all grown to love Damien McKenzie because of you know his years at fullback. Um, so I guess you could argue that uh, Richie Mwanga is an out now ten. But uh, mm-hmm. but look, I mean, I think. I don't know what everyone expected from Damien McKenzie last year um, about, you know, at playing a 10, you weren't going to see him get as many points as do as, as many amazing things. Um, 
But uh, there was actually there was a really interesting article on Rugby Pass uh, where someone actually analysed and broke down Damien McKenzie's specific stats as fly half first his previous years at fullback. And um, it was really interesting just about, um, I guess, like try assists, how many line breaks he made. I can't, I can't remember, but just the stats were phenomenal. If I find that, I'll, I'll link it to you guys because um, yeah. it showed it's like, not like obviously he still scored a lot of fantasy points, but how much he contributed to the team from fly half was phenomenal. Like you just, you couldn't really, it was hard to quantify until you see the stats. Um, mm, yeah. Uh, so I, yeah, no, I'd, he, I'd, be ha- I'd be happy for that for the 10 for sure. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's, he's just an incredible talent. Um, yeah. Richie Moinga. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a huge fanboy, obviously, but he's got a bit of a propensity to get injured, which is not great. Mm. Um, and I don't know, like he's, he's got, he doesn't have quite the same kind of X factor. Like he's a bit more balanced. Yeah. And DMAC. DMAC is just like the guy sweats fantasy points. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. It's hard to look past him. All right. Um, left wing, we've got the big man, Namani Nadolo. Uh, Can't go past carried, him. Yeah, carried me, carried me to the championship about three <laughs> years ago. Um, I'll always be grateful. Yeah. <laughs> you, pay, you pay tribute every year. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I, I worship at the shrine of Nandolo. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's he's yeah. just so good. And like, God, he, yeah, like, I mean, God, he just couldn't be tackled. Like, he he'd break five tackles for every run that he got, and it was a guaranteed line break, and then probably a try just for good measure. And I mean, the worst part about it was that he could have scored more if they'd let him take the conversions. Mm. So. <laughs> He's a, a phenomenal specimen. I'm, I'm actually really sad that he's retired from international rugby. I oh, know. Would, would you believe that, uh, you're probably aware of this, but would you believe that we had him at the Waratahs? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember. I, mean, I, didn't know, I didn't know it at the time. But, yeah. I mean, obviously, once he made it into kind of you know, Crusaders history, um, yeah, everyone kept talking about how he'd come his way, made his way up through the Waratahs. God, that must, that must haunt Point you guys to this day. <laughs> oh, look, to me, that's that's a, that's the summary of uh, New South Wales rugby recruitment uh, and talent recognition. Um, but uh, I mean, just to think that he could have played for not only the Waratahs but just have locked down a starting Wallabies jersey for you know the the recent ten years or however long. Yeah. Um, you know, um, it's quite quite disappointing. But no, he he was certainly the player that everyone wanted in their fantasy team. Um, when he, in the Crusaders those last couple of years, he was just immense. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah, he will be missed. I hope they, hope they appreciate what they've got up in the Northern Hemisphere. Yeah. Um, right wing, uh, there was a bit of debate here, mm. uh, but I think we've kind of settled on Waisake Noholo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's been killing. He's been killing it for a while now. Mm. Um, you know, Consist- like guys like Rico and Julian Sevilla, they kind of come and they go. But Wysak has been he's been pretty solid for about four or five years now. So yeah. I don't know what do you what do you think about that one, Coggy? Yeah, no, I'd I'd say look, he's he's certainly the type of player that for us is probably going to go in the first or definitely first or second pick of the, the draft. Um, okay. Uh, and yeah, I think not only has he been Mister Consistent, but um, uh, I think you can pretty much rest assured that he's only going to be rested the minimum amount of weeks for the All Blacks, and then the Highlanders are going to play him every other week that they get. Yeah, um, yeah. They can't afford not to. 
Yeah, exactly. And and also his his magical um, you know, Fijian witch doctor healing powers. So uh, <laughs> yeah. he he won't stay injured for long, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He'll be and back up for the second come, half. Anyone who'd come back from a broken leg and then play again in, you know, I don't know, a month or something, whatever it is. Um, yeah, you won, yeah, you no. won a World Cup with a broken leg. Like, yeah. yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> um, no, I I think I think it'd be hard I'm I'm really racking my brain for a right wing, but I think it would be hard you'd be hard pressed to go past uh Pass yeah. the hollow, just consistency yeah. over the last five years or so, for sure. Yeah. Uh, we had some, we had some honourable mentions. Uh, we had Jose Gier, we had uh, I think James Lowe, yeah, uh, Liam Masaga. Yeah, I was going to say Masaga was someone that for me was. Yeah. Uh, I loved Masaga. He was great. Yeah, he was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know who else we really want to consider um, it, but is uh, it like uh, Joe Rock, uh, Joe Rock as well? That's it. Yeah, I, I, I guess so. I mean, there's no Australian or South African uh, wingers being yeah. uh, named in these. <laughs> <laughs> sounds about right. Our, wing, our wingers would have to get the ball first before they could get in the post. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, don't get me started. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Okay. Then the sense. Um, so for me, I've got uh, Lama Api, Nani Lama Api 12. The minibus. Uh, yeah, the minibus. Uh, he, he started rolling a few years ago and he hasn't stopped since. Um, we actually we've got a bit of a, an informal uh, Mapi rivalry in our league between myself and Andrew, because um, in his breakout season we both went for him in a free agency trade, and I just had priority in the order, so I, I managed to get him. Um, and then, and then the following year he got him instead of me, and I think this is and then this year I drafted him. Yeah, I drafted him at fourth fourth round, uh, which I think is a pretty good pretty good pick. Yeah. But, uh, I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd say that's pretty good because I, I don't think there's um, a plethora of centres available. So um, uh, uh, yeah, I think it's, a, it's a position. And sometimes, good. like sometimes they're like having an extra outside back. Sometimes like having a extra lock. Uh, yeah, it's a bit of a weird. No, I, I, mean, I, I would. I, yeah, you know, I would. I, I I didn't admit it at all last year, but uh, I have to say that. Um, I, I may have perhaps taken a little bit of advantage over a, a newbie to our draft last year. <laughs> uh, fairly early on in the system, made a, a trade for Lamape, and he uh, he then carried my season. I, I think I might have <laughs> traded Curly Beal or something for him. I don't remember, oh. but it was definitely a double trade. There was something else on offer, but uh, yeah, yeah I, I may have been been selling. Selling, selling a crumb of shit. Yeah. <laughs> I've been, uh, I've been it's his fault, unfairly though. labeled. I've been unfairly labeled as a bit of a, a trapist. Um, <laughs> but but every single one of my trades, and I want this on the record, every single one of my trades was was consensual and eyes wide open, <laughs> arms arms length deals. There's nothing untoward about my dealings. Has, I don't know. Been, I, I feel don't like let Phil, like... Phil tell you any different. I feel like has, has Ben from Tax verified. There's been no wire transfers or anything to that uh, that effect. Um, ben yeah. Ben from Tax is he's his his legitimacy as a tax accountant has been compromised. <laughs> um, so I want an I want an independent audit. If anyone's going to audit this, I, I want it to be an outsider. <laughs> Fair enough. Anyway, so yeah, moving on from Lamapi then for the outside centre spot, it's a bit of a tough one. Uh, we've got pretty much two proposals. Uh, Samu Karevi. Yep. He's done pretty pretty phenomenal things for the Reds. Um, and then Rene Ranger, bit of a blast from the past, because he was a, he was just a try scoring machine. Oh, he was he was he was a fan favorite as well. Just um just the yeah. way he would 
he would charge into and bump people off. It's, it's like he went looking for for the, the physical contest. He, he wasn't trying yeah. to just beat the man. He was trying to humiliate the man. Yes. <laughs> which yeah. is what you meant. Yeah. Um, no, exactly. And, like, and, he, and he would do it as well. Like He wasn't just kind of rebel without a cause. He actually had the muscle and the pace and the power to take on anyone, really. Um, yeah, there was there was a segment on um, uh, like the Australian um, Super Rugby like weekly TV show, and uh, it, it used to be called Rennie Rearranged because uh, <laughs> they would just just show highlights of him rearranging people basically, <laughs> uh, and it was very very good. But um, yeah, I think I mean Karevi, you know. Krevy's been basically the only reason to watch the Reds, uh, apart from Tupo, um, the last couple yeah. of years. Um, he's uh, absolutely incredible. He's one of those one of those few players that can both either run through you and stand you up with quite a dynamic step. Um, there's a, a moment for me I'll never forget in, in um, his playing for the Wallabies, and it's the first time I've ever seen Julian Sevilla have to to commit <laughs> to trying to have to make that decision of whether he's going to completely put all his weight forward and absorb a hit so he doesn't get bumped off yeah. or stand back on his heels to get the step. And he just got clean, <laughs> stepped, and Karevi ran around him and went in for a try. Yeah. Um, and I think there's very few people that could have done that. So, um, no, he's he, he's the way he's built. He's just a really low center of gravity, a lot of strength yeah. through his legs and his hips, and he's um, he's amazing. So, I mean, I've been hoping him, uh, you know, waiting for him to really get a roll on and, and carry the carry the wallabies, you know. But um, yes, let's let's not get started on that either, because uh, yeah, we've talked for years. <laughs> for sure. Okay. Cool. Well, I'm, I'm happy to sit on Sammy Karevi. He's yeah, he's one of my my longtime favourites as well. I think two two or three years ago, my team name was uh, the Karevenant, and uh, so <laughs> that was a bit of tri- tribute to the big man. Excellent. But, I have uh, to say, your team names are far more creative than ours have been um, <laughs> in the past. So we 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 did greatly enjoy judging them and. Uh, for those, I'm sure you've already mentioned on your pod, but Ain't No Hollow Back Girl was just, that was by far the, the <laughs> prevailing favourite over here. So. Yeah, yeah, that's understandable. It's got, a, it's got a good ring to it. We we were sort of a bit, um, not jaded by it, but like two or three years ago, the same, the same guy used, I don't know if you remember, Olvain Hollenbach. He used to play centre for the Lions. Yeah, uh, I, remember, I remember Hollenbach. Good, good cricketer too, yeah, I played like cricket the, against him. Sorry, just random. Does anyone you have played cricket against him? Uh, a few guys. Lionel Crenier played cricket against played cricket with him. Uh, he was quite good. Um, anyway, it's sorry, we had him aside. Sorry. But yeah, so a few years ago, the same guy who went with Ain't No Hollenbach Girl this year went with Ain't No Hollenbach Girl. Ah. So and obviously you guys went to know that. So for you, Crystal Fresh. Um, yeah. So fair, fair dues. But uh, yeah, so that no, was. But yeah, no, I mean. You, Guys, I think I think your results were pretty pretty fair across the board. So yeah, no, they were good. I I, I agree. I feel like you shouldn't shouldn't use a name twice, even if it's a different player name. You know, you've got to yeah. have more creativity than that. Um, Agreed. But uh, I, I was a big fan of Mad Mark's Fury Fury Road as well. I thought that uh, was good. But, oh, bless you, Kagi. Bless you. <laughs> I, I enjoyed that. I, I thought in terms of being clever, that was very good. You know, that was two uh, two puns in there, sort of. So <laughs> Uh, you're gonna make me blush. <laughs> but, uh, what, what, what were your feelings on 13, 13 Reasons Why Nui? Yeah, look, uh, <laughs> less, less good. Um, is that is that Adams? Yes, yeah, so that was yeah. mine. That was mine. <laughs> um, look, I mean, my take on it is that the, the, the pun is okay, 
Yeah. But it's it's just a shit reference. <laughs> no one wants to be exactly. reminded of the third reasons why every time they check the scoreboard. Come on, Adam. Oh, uh, guys. He, he must have just... You must have just seen that and had it stuck in your head. You're like, oh, I've nailed this. And yeah, I just stop <laughs> yeah. thinking past that. No, I did. I actually had a better one. It was I didn't get get a good rating in the other league. I mean, it was uh, you know um, Sesame Street, the the kids show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and in South <laughs> Africa, yeah. this the local version's called Tokalai. Um, it's not Tokalai. It's, it's Takalani Sesame, <laughs> and I call it Tokalahi Sesame, and I judged him like that. I thought I nailed it with that one. Otherwise, my my plan oh. C was Bojack Goodhue. That, that's all I had. I'm terrible at coming up with names. I write for a living, and I'm terrible at coming up with names. It's really bad. So yeah, look, I don't, I don't, I don't okay. want to put you down, Adam, but I, I think you might need to work on that. Um, <laughs> yeah, so. you got, got like 12 months until next year's draft, so you can start, you can start <laughs> working right. on a short. We're going to <laughs> Once we're done with the platform, we can help you out with that. All right? Okay, good. <laughs> I'll, I'll take that. Thanks. That's great. If, if you if you think the platform is a challenge, wait until you start trying to get out of the team. That's it. Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, just before we, we go uh, so far off the beaten track that we lose sight of it, uh, <laughs> let me tell you guys the, the lockdown for fullback, fantasy fullback of all time. Who else? Israel Folau, yeah, uh, the one is. and only. Yeah, there's, there's really no one else. I mean, he's been killing it like since his first year in, in rugby union. He's been a top five point scorer every single season. Absolutely. So, he's, yeah. uh, I mean, this is, this is my biggest challenge. Uh, you know, every year, I don't know if you guys go through the same thing, but um, you want to pick the best fantasy players because obviously you want to win the draft and that's the most important thing. But at the same time, uh, you really want to have a good player from your team. Uh, yeah. Do you guys find that? Like, uh, I'm the Stormers supporter, so no. I don't, I've never come across this phenomenon of having good players <laughs> that I want to have in my fantasy team. Um, I see, I see. Okay. Well, that, <laughs> so you're not willing to make the sacrifice because for us... You know, after after Israel Folau's gone, uh, and look, I mean, Michael Hope has been pretty consistent. Over the yeah, it wasn't very, wasn't great last year, but um, yeah, yeah Bernard, Bernard Foley, Foley. Foley, sorry, Foley's been very good um, as well. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you, uh, you know, th- this year that's a challenge I've said. I've always said if if I have the pick and I can get Israel Folau, then I'm going to grab him. And so okay. that's that's a challenge I'm going to face this year. Is that yeah. do I pick him in third or uh, or should yeah. I pick someone else? Yeah, no, fair enough. Look, I mean, I, I joke, I would always like to have Peter Steph to toy and uh, uh, probably catch off. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, so probably for the same reasons as you guys, like a lot of time I end up going to the stadium to watch the live games. And yeah. it just gives an extra edge when you're sitting there watching your team and you're like, fucking give, give Peter Steph the ball, come on. <laughs> or whatever, you know. So, it is, but uh, we've actually got a slightly different thing in our league where because of the, the nature of our team names, uh, there's like an unwritten rule that you you have to have the player that you made a pun on in your team. Yes. Uh, no, we, we actually don't know. make our team names until we've had the draft, so that. You uh, okay. Um, I was thinking about that. I was wondering if we should do that. Maybe we should we should talk about that, Adam. But uh, yeah. anyway, that's for next year. But uh, <laughs> we at, at our at our fine session, Ben Ben's the fine fines master. So everyone okay. who at, at no point owned the player that they made a pun on in their, in their team name. Has to get it, take a fine or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> we, we were doing the maths yesterday. No one's got their team, their players this year. <laughs> oh, okay. It's going <laughs> so to be a big all, one. It's all gone to shit. Yeah. <laughs> no, look, I think I definitely have to agree on Israel Folau. Um, you know, yeah. he's he's probably he's the best player. Probably, well, he's probably the best player in Australia. I mean, Poey's up there as well, but um, yeah, he's uh, he's just con- consistently brilliant, and there's 
or more or less no one that can do what he can do. Um, yeah. And I think by the same token of going to watch your uh, your home games, whenever we go to watch Waratahs games, it's really hard because uh, particularly if you're playing someone who has Israel Folau, you know, you, you, you want to cheer for him at the same time. You're devastated because yeah. the, the other guy's going <laughs> to get some points. Yeah. So. <laughs> but yeah, so that that's why I'm so motivated to possibly pick him this year. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. see how he goes. <laughs> And Ren, what are your thoughts on his beautiful love affair with David Pocock? <laughs> Best mates. Um, well, look, I mean, I'm sure you guys saw Izzy signed uh, on for the next couple of yeah. years yeah. Uh, yes. today, actually. So um, there's been some some uh, un- untoward reporting talking about how much money he's lost um, in that contract because of uh, some of his oh, really? antics. Um, but uh, look, I mean, personally, I thought um, just you know, empty the damn bank to get Israel Folau locked in for the next couple of years. I mean, I didn't think there was really a question about it. Um, yeah. But, uh, no, look, I mean, if he's, you know, everyone's entitled to their opinions, but if he's silly enough to take the bait on social media and things like that, it's, it's his own fault, mm. you know. Um, yeah. He's in a position uh, as a player where he just can't afford to be putting out his strong opinions, even if it is his opinion. Unfortunately, I just don't think he could be doing it. So, you know. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, that's sensible advice, like, at the end of the day, you, you have to accept that you're a public figure, for better or for worse. But, I mean, you know, I suppose in his mind, he would say he'd, he'd probably turn it around and say he feels so strongly about it that he feels he's got an obligation to mm. speak his mind, to kind of, I don't know, in his mind, show people the light. Uh, yeah. Obviously, you know, most of us think he's, he's horribly misguided, but, yeah, you know, like, I, I don't want to shit on him too much. Um in, in this yeah, look, he, he, he could be he could be a Scientologist, flat earther. He could he could say whatever he wants. I don't yeah. care. I still, I'm still backing him. I'm still. <laughs> yeah. I need him to play. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't. You know, you know, having morals is, is a very high luxury in fantasy rugby. <laughs> yes, it is. That's right. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, well, there you go. That was the that's pretty, pretty bang on. Yeah. yeah. I okay. think that's pretty yeah. good. I don't think there was many corrections to be made. Um, uh, I was trying to think, trying to think of if I could pull up anyone uh, on this short notice. I was trying to rack my brain for anyone else who stands out, but I think, I think you guys have nailed it pretty fairly on the head. Oh, brilliant. Well, thanks, thanks for the input, Carl. Thank you. Um, <laughs> all right, well, look, time, time is getting on. So uh, very quickly, uh, our Blam Game, uh, the game, Blam Game of the Week, sponsored by Game. Uh, we were going to give it to you guys. For fuck's sake, Adam, it's Game of the Week. I got it right. Game of the Week. We were, we no, were gonna, you didn't we get it wrong. It's a game. Uh, we were going to I was give initially about to say, we, we were going to give... say the only reason yes. I've come onto the podcast is to allow Adam to not be awarded this prize for one week. But, um, <laughs> and, and, and even though you did just fuck up the name again, I think look, we'll still we'll still take it. Um, we, yeah. It was you know we 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 were selling uh, we were selling that we were going to have the platform out. We were really pumped about it, but. Um, uh, I think I think we can we can cop it this week. We can we can save you, Adam. Well, I was I was okay. actually thinking of giving it to Nick, uh, one of our guys. He, he actually lives in Sydney. He picked Vinny Brit, um, and as you, you, <laughs> yeah, as you might yeah. So um, <laughs> yeah, so we, we were we were kind of like, well, yeah, no, but if you if you're wanting to take it on chin, we very much appreciate it. So thank you, thank you for letting me <laughs> off the hook just this once. Taking a bullet for Adam. Yeah, so take it away from me. <laughs> And then lastly, um, we, we don't really have a stop drop a poll this week. 
Uh, we just came up with novelty XP of American presidents. Uh, Alex, I've got to go in like five minutes, so if you could just run through okay. that. Uh, 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 should not, I've got to find it quickly. Yes. Um, <laughs> okay. Oh, by the this way, is... I just want to say, I really enjoy some of these novelty uh, 15, some of the, the TV show uh, references. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan. Yeah. The chat exploded. This is, our, this is our bread and butter. This yeah. is our bread and butter. This is what we, this is what we do best. The, yeah, the, the rest chat... of the stuff is just an, ex- yeah. an excuse for us to do novelty yeah, 15. I mean, the, the chat exploded on, on the ERB Facebook page, and who knew uh, people had so many opinions about American presidents and what opinion they should play in rugby. It was very interesting. Yeah. Alex, yeah, if you could just please, let, let me see one. if I can find a comparison. So there's a there's a, a couple of hype posts about super, about super rugby that got about five comments. There was an argument about uh, rugby league that got about 10 to 15 comments. Uh, there were some highlight reels that got like sort of 10 comments. The debate on the on the US presidents 15 got 50 comments. <laughs> so. Yeah. Apparently yeah, that's well, what the okay. people want. That's what the people want. Some yes. high, some some cross cross code political rugby banter. Um, I mean, right, must have tapped into write... a hashtag or something. <laughs> I, I wish we don't have that level of organisation, unfortunately. <laughs> but um, all right, I'm just going to wrap it off. Uh, Lucid prop Grover Cleveland, notorious fatty. Um, yeah. Yep. Okay. Teddy Roosevelt. Um, yeah, you know he's, he's dynamic. He's got he's got the frame for it. He's he's and he wants to be in the front line. I feel like he wants to lead you into battle. So Teddy Roosevelt at hooker. Okay, you've Howard Howard Taft at tight head prop. Um, the bulkiest of all the presidents. We literally just sorted them by weight and then picked the fattest. <laughs> <laughs> you've got a stats page uh, of the American presidents. Uh, Wikipedia does. Uh, okay. yeah, yeah. Yes. No, but I mean you've edited them into a spreadsheet now. You've got a, you've got that. Yes. Spreadsheet. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, if we ever have to do a fantasy draft for U.S. presidents, I'm good to go. The research is done. Um, Every situation covered. Yes. Exactly. Then the lock pairing is uh, Bill Clinton uh, with Abraham Lincoln. So thinking there, Clinton, he's not the tallest, but he played lock apparently at Oxford when he was there as a student. And so he's got a bit of experience in the line out. So we need someone with a bit of technical expertise. And then Abraham Lincoln, uh, he's got two things going for him. Number one, he's very tall. Yep. Uh, especially if he's wearing his hat. Very, very tall. <laughs> yep, no. uh, also, it's important, I think, we needed someone to partner Bill Clinton that would kind of keep him under control. So those those wandering <laughs> hands of Bill Clinton's, yeah. you think Honest Abe will be able to keep him, on, keep him in in line uh, and make I sure that he doesn't... I thinking about this. It's yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, just uh, to, yeah I expect I... the, the hand of God to come out in the middle of the line and poach the ball that he's untitled to. Um, okay, and then the loose forwards um, open side flank Richard Nixon tricky dick he's just going to get in your in your in your breakdown and before you know it yeah. he's got your oh, he's sure. got your ball um, and by the way Nelson and Harry have just walked back in and they uh, they were trying to figure out um, what exactly we were talking about so I'm just <laughs> letting, watching their puzzled faces let them figure it out it's right um, then I'll move on. Blindside flank, Dwight Eisenhower. Uh, he's a good army man. Uh, Gerald Ford, an eighth man. Also a very good athlete. Football player. You know, uh, football player. He was a great football player in his day. Uh, scrum half, Ulysses S. Grant. Bit of, a, bit of an obscure one, but on top of having a fantastic name, uh, he was uh, a general in the army, I think. He was, he was a soldier, so he's, he's got a military history. Yeah, dude, and, Civil War. And he's got the right track. Why the American Civil yeah, War? Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, of course. That, that little chestnut, yeah. Yes. Um, 
Then fly half, we figured George Washington, who better? Um, yeah, the general. Yeah. Uh, what did he cross? The crossing of the... Come on, Adam, you're the history buff. No, what, he, didn't what the, was no it? he didn't cross the Rubicon. Those are the Romans. He apparently cut down a tree or something like that. I don't know. Oh, man, come on. He crossed the river. Um, uh, I know the, it was the Oh, river. the Pontemac. What the fuck? No. Uh, I don't know. Uh, anyway. <laughs> yes. Yes, the Pontemac. Yes, yeah, oh, thank you. Thank no, you for no, having no. my back, yeah. No, man. I'm just, I'm just joking. It's, the, no it's the Delaware. <laughs> you crossed the Delaware River. Come on, guys. Oh, sorry. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. I thought you guys were professionals. Okay. <laughs> um, then, so George Washington, a fly half. We figure he's the right guy to lead the back line. Left wing, Ronald Reagan. I don't know if you think, is he, should he not be on the right wing? Well... Uh, the the good news is we've got George Bush on George W. Bush on the right wing. Yeah. So that leaves leaves room for Ronald Reagan on the left wing. And as someone pointed out on Facebook, it means he can constantly run to the right. Yes. So it's ill suited him and his particular skill set well. But Ronald Reagan and George W. Bush are actually both surprisingly athletic um, young men in their day. So I think that'll give us a bit of strike power out wide. Then the inside center, JF Kennedy. Um, I think he's going to work really well in tandem with George Washington. I think they'll have like a bit of a double distributor role going uh, to. So I think it's good to have two playmakers at 10 and 12, in my opinion. So JFK at 12. And then George H.W. Bush, so George Bush Sr. at outside center. Um, also, apparently, a very he had a lot of accolades as a sportsman or as an athlete before he turned to politics. And uh, we also hope that he'll be able to keep his son on the right wing uh, a little bit more in control. George Bush, by the, George W., by the way, is not going to be permitted to take any press conferences. So he'll be out of the news. <laughs> and then, obviously, uh, people's fullback, Barack Obama. Uh, yeah. I think he's just, like, he's going to be that Solomon Alaimalo type yeah. of fullback, just I mean, we, finding we, space. We, he's, we, he's, going to be a cha- he's going to be a change merchant. From and, and we know he's got uh, good hands, because he's a, he's a well-known basketball player. He loves basketball, yeah. so in theory he should have good hands. And then that, and then that ball is like comes at him thick and fast. So in theory he should great. He should be a good fullback, safe under the high ball. So yeah, yeah, he's going to be really exciting. I think he might actually be the star player. To be honest. Yeah, guys, look, yeah, this is a... this is just this is clinical. I, I'm sorry I don't have much to contribute, but you guys, you're just you're nailing it on the head. You really <laughs> you really thought this through. You've done some research, and um, look, I, th- I mean, I think you should submit it to Congress or something. Just see, um, you know, I mean, it, it might it might go. It might become an important uh, scenario with the, what's going on over there at the moment. So. Uh, yeah, look, it's, I mean, it would be a bit controversial because there's obviously a notable uh, name missing. Uh, Donald Trump, yeah. we did not feel, had the right mindset for rugby. We don't think he's a contact sport kind of guy. Well, he'd be the coach, wouldn't he? Isn't that... Isn't that... Uh, I think he's the guy that we, we, we tell him that he's the coach and we'd, like, we'd, we'd ask him to drop some, like, some backline players for us. Yeah. But the actual coach would probably be uh, Franklin D. Roosevelt. You know, for me, like just being in a wheelchair screams coach. Yeah. And <laughs> just like for, for our X Men, for our X Men fifteen, Professor X is obviously the coach. <laughs> so I think there's a good parallel. Have you have you done have you done that one already, or is the X Men fifteen? Uh, we we've done it. Uh, ben and I Ben and I have uh, we've got it somewhere. Yeah. We we had a a fridge in our in our old student digs that had, was covered with novelty fifteens. Um, I don't know if we still got, got it somewhere, but uh, yeah, we've got a we've got an X Men fifteen. Uh, um, we've got all we got fifteens. What, what do you want, Kagi? What fifteen do you want? Yeah. Well, well I just well, can these be these need to be posted on the blog or something. You know what I mean? Like you can't just <laughs> just just have them in the pots. There's there's got to be a, a list, an all time list. 
Uh, <laughs> we've done Lord of the Rings, uh, Game of Thrones. We've done that too. Uh, there's a couple the of others. They all live in the group somewhere in, on, on the Facebook page, so we just got to find it. Yeah, I think we did. Yeah. We might have even done like a deity fifteen at one point. Yeah, made up of gods. Yeah. So that's to include New Zealand players or um. Uh, well, yeah, Richie McCaw's at, at, at number seven, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that uh, is the only one. Uh, all right, all right, guys, we've been going for God knows how long. Uh, I think that that's going to do it. Kagi, thank Kagi, thank you so much uh, for for joining us uh, and just chatting to us about about drop rap and just uh, entertaining um, us generally and just uh, <laughs> being willing to listen to us talk so much cuck. We very much appreciate it. I wish you the very best of luck in your draft, by the way. Um, good luck. Thank you. Yes, thanks for joining us. <laughs> no, look, thanks very much, guys. We, 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 I, I do really enjoy listening to the pod each week. And um, and I was very sad that I had to actually uh, depart hastily uh, the other week and, and leave you with uh, with Harry. Um, but, uh, you know, Judy called. But, um, no, it's uh, it's great fun um, actually being a part of the pod and, uh, and look forward to continuing to grow our relationship with, the elite rugby Yes, theater. yes, uh, very much so. Uh, the feelings are shared. Uh, so thanks very much uh, for joining us. And then to uh, Alex, thank you just for keeping me company with uh, Ben and Alex not around. Yeah. I mean, uh, Ben about. Yeah, fine. I, I didn't have anything better to do, so. Yeah, no, well, I, I got to go head off and play Dungeons and Dragons now. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, please, can you tweet us at uh, uh, Elite Rugby Bands? Also, cheat to tweet Draft Rugby. Also, just about the draft stories. Let's get some hype going. Uh, apart from draft rugby, there's uh, FRD out there as well, a couple of other games. But uh, as, as we've said before, the scoring, if you want to go an online draft, uh, use draft rugby. The casualty ward is legendary. If you want to know who's injured, Alex could have used it yesterday. Uh, Gareth Evans, we assume, will soon be in on this. Sorry you ever picked him for a draft. But thank you so much for listening. You can catch us on all the podcast platforms. We'll see you next week. All right, thank, thanks, Why thanks. did you say Dungeons and Dragons? Why did you say something cooler? <laughs> No, because, because what the fuck? That's what I'm doing. So... <laughs> but, can't you have to go play basketball. Now you're going to play Dungeons and Dragons. I like... am. Okay, I can't. Why did you say you've got to fucking gridiron practice or something? Like, you've got to go climb a wall